Jam-packed to the rafters, let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. It is episode 236 here on Monday, August the 23rd, 2021. We're here to start your week off right by romping you through the world of retro wrestling. And as always, I'm Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy. You finally cooled off after that heat wave oh, last it week, was, huh? It was heaty. It was it hot. Was, it was the hottest. And folks, we're here for some hot retro wrestling talk going to romp you through that world of retro wrestling. Quinn, that's what we do. We romp. We romp. We do we a romp. romp. We try not to sweat because it's yeah. so hot when we're romping. It has been hot here in the summer, but folks, thank you guys so much for being back with us here. We hope you're staying cool wherever you might be. Uh, before we get to our cool retro wrestling talk, we do have uh, some administrative business, Quinn. Yes. The housekeeping. The, the, the business. The business. Uh, one thing is you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Now, we used to be known for our clips. Known, known. Known worldwide. Globally. Globally is what got us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can still follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast for a lot of fun. We post stuff every single day. Old wrestling stuff, you know, posters from magazines, ads, and things like yeah, that. All, all Funny the, things. All the things that don't involve uh, motion pictures. Yeah, there's not too much motion picture Only over there. pictures. Only pictures. The motion is taken out. Still frames. Uh, and you can do that still over at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me and damn near 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash sweaty. Yeah. It's a sweaty site. <laughs> it that's, really is. It's so hot over there. <laughs> yeah. The temperature's been turned up this summer it at has the group, been. hasn't it? Yes. But anyway, if you want to get over there, there's a search bar in this sweaty zone. Okay. Is that a sonic stage? Maybe. I don't know. Sweaty zone. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, booms, tubes, gore, kafui. And uh, you hit the join button and sweat comes off it like Mortal Kombat and you're in. (laughs) All you're doing when you hit that sweaty button is uh, you're agreeing to one rule. One rule only, which is don't be what? Don't be a dunderhead. You can be sweaty. Don't be a sweaty dunderhead. Don't be a sweaty dunderhead. Don't combine dunderhead with anything. Don't please don't. And all we mean by that, in all seriousness, is we try to have our group be a place where people can express their retro wrestling opinions, whether it's old WWF or NWA, WCW, the territories, whatever it might be. Ask questions, spark debate, be respectful about it. We don't expect everyone to agree. That doesn't happen. We don't don't have to agree. You can debate. It's just don't be like you're a butthole yeah. or something like that you know you're, you're a poop stain yeah we don't use childish stains. don't do that around here we just try to keep it respectful have fun over there if you have the facebook uh, and you still use it you never know with people and right uncles get out of line mm-hmm. you can go over there on facebook and join our group okay and then one quick word here we do have a patreon that is for people that want to support us and want extra content we have two extra shows that we do on patreon one is $2 and one is $5, and that's it. That's all we offer. Uh, the $2 show is the 1984 Canon, mm. where we are going through the WWF in order since 82. And right now we're in 84, February of 84. 
That's $2 a month. And then $5 a month is the monthly pay-per-view reviews. That's right. We've reviewed every WWF pay-per-view since the first WrestleMania up to SummerSlam 93. They're all there right now if you want to check them out. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. And in just a few short weeks, Michael Quinn, your favorite Survivor Series will be coming up. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's, again, if you want to support us, you get a lot of extra content in return. And that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But one way or another, Quinn, we're just happy that they're here listening. Yeah. Honestly. We are super happy and we're ready to rock and roll this week. We right? are ready to rock and roll this week. Uh, so, Quinn, for our opening segment all season, what we've been doing is we've been talking about people that may not be on someone's Rushmore, so to speak, in wrestling, right? Because mm-hmm. when you think of Rushmore, you think the all-timers like Ric Flair, right. Hulk Hogan, uh-huh. The Rock, maybe all, some all people. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Austin, whoever it might be. Unfortunately, Shawn Michaels, some people think that, what? you know, what do you Brett, mean, unfortunately, what, what are you talking about? I think I, unfortunately, <laughs> Brett, but you huh? know, there you go. I thought I was on Rushmore anyway. So those are the Rushmore esque people, right? But we've been talking about all sorts of people that have contributed to our enjoyment of retro wrestling and our enjoyment of wrestling over the years throughout the 80s and the 90s. We even talked hell. We talked about Dick Ebersole on NBC last week. Well, he he is the top dick. It, yes, he is. We talked about Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire and their great theme songs. Top Jimmy. We talked about the Islanders, for crying out loud, and Barry Darso. This is a segment, folks, that we call The Unsung Heroes. Michael. Yes. This week, we're not talking about one particular person. No. We are talking about a category of wrestlers. A cachet. A cachet, if you will, that really did contribute in a lot of ways in the 70s, 80s, through the 90s. Quinn, we're talking about jobbers. In the ring at this time, from Brooklyn, New York, weighing 234 pounds, Jeff Craney. The jobbers. The enhancement talents. The enhancement talent. The and ham I know, and eggers. I know that this has been a um, a topic that is close to the hearts of our fans and us over the years, but I think it's time to hail them as unsung They are heroes. unsung heroes. Now, if you're Joe Blow, the casual, and you're turning on the television in, let's say, 1989, and the Ultimate Warrior sprints out. Right. And in the ring is some pale, pasty, doughy, unimpressive-looking guy with a mullet and a beard. Right. With, like, a generic name, right? Probably his real name. Yep. And the Ultimate Warrior is going to just kick this guy's ass in, what, a minute ten? Good. Which he also did Triple H, which is also good. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But he's just going to beat the shit out of it. And, Quinn, what are some of the elements you're going to see in your typical squash match? Well, little to no offense from the jobber. Correct. Preferably... Sometimes the jobbers, it's not good. (laughs) They get a little bold. They get a little bold, right? You're going to see the wrestler just use all of his moves and then finish it with his special move. Yep. Which is supposed to alert you to the fact that, oh boy, nobody gets out of this fucking hold, right? The warrior off the rope and down across his victim burst. The cover here, the easy two and make it three. You get to see it again on the replay, usually. Yep. Bruno, I let that a splash or whatever the hell show you're and watching. Usually they do it a couple weeks in a row. So the idea is that when they face someone real, 
now all of a sudden the special move is now like this feared thing. It's like nobody has escaped the million dollar dream or yeah. nobody has uh, gotten up from the ultimate warrior press slam or right. whatever. Nobody gets out of the boss man slam. Or the leg drop from Hulk Hogan. Exactly. Even though he like, never fights jobbers anyway. <laughs> a couple of times. Knowing Johnny Rods, he will certainly give it his best shot. But I know if it's, the, if it's very, very best, he can put a dent on the likes of a Hulk Hogan. So the jobbers folks, uh, as they're, I guess, that's really... Not a term that they like, I think, no. but it is just the common term for the enhancement talent. Those that are there to make the superstar look good. Right. And it wasn't just the WWF that did it, obviously, WCW, and it goes all the way back uh, to some earlier days. They have these people that they appear on TV frequently enough that you might start to get a feel for who they are. Yeah. There's different eras of the jobbers, too. Like, I feel like earlier on, they are like pasty and like oh, crappy definitely. then Mole. there's like they're, yeah they're, they're either skinny and not very strong like and sort of out of shape maybe have a stomach yep or they're like really fat and yep. out of shape either way and they're usually like generic trunks like never anything fancy yep. although there's the kind also that are they were a star like 20 years ago or some and shit they just kept it they, they, they just like kept the gear from so they look dated yes. and like shitty it's great like pete sanchez pete sanchez nick DiCarlo, nick DiCarlo and guys like yeah. that right and uh, obviously, these guys are not, most of them are not famous. Now, there are some famous jobbers. Uh, obviously, Quinn, I think the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi being one of the most. Johnny right? Rods. Johnny Rods, another great enhancement Hall of talent. Famer. Who actually won matches sometimes. Yeah. But was definitely. That's a different kind of jobber we can get into. Right. Also. Mike Sharp was someone that actually main evented for the world title once and then regularly became a jobber. Mm-hmm. Hard drag, takedown. Davey Boy is all over Big Iron Mike. Barry Hardy, Dwayne Gill in the 90s were big, notable yep. jobbers. And there's even the WCW ones, the gimmick jobbers, like oh, the Gambler. The Gambler is one of my favorites. <sighs> Fucking Gambler. I love that he went through the effort. It's good. Physical <laughs> in from Reno, Nevada, the Gambler. Barry Horowitz, even though he was a, a main player elsewhere, I think in Global and some other places, in the WWF, he yeah. was... A notable enhancement talent. It's even other different types of jobbers, like cruiserweight jobbers, like Lenny Lane or like <laughs> Villiano number four or whatever. El Dandy. El Dandy. Which we're not anyone to doubt El Dandy. No, we're don't, not. Don't, don't doubt him. Don't do it, okay? Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, they're 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Throughout the ages, there's different types, all shapes and sizes right. of jobbers. What I like about them, beyond what you very neatly described, which is you're going to see all their big moves, you're going to see the finisher, and, and you're going to see the superstars win. What I like about some of these guys is a lot of them did it just because they wanted to. Yeah. No, they, they're definitely guys that have had just liked wrestling as kids and were like, I just want to be in the game. Right. Some of them uh, were just working for the weekend. You know, they would just do tapings. They didn't tour. They weren't like touring jobbers. You yeah. Know? And that always like that kind of brings up always my favorite story that I, I heard actually fairly recently about how Don Morocco used to just give the TV like, money, the TV money to them because it's like nothing. I think it was something like 25 bucks for a TV. Yeah. Uh, that both guys would get. That's right. just part Morocco, of the deal. From my understanding from the story. Maybe, who knows if it's not true, but there, I'm sure this has happened other times. Is sometimes the wrestlers would just give them their half. Yeah. And just, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm going on tour. I'm going to make <laughs> right. a piece of the gate. Who gives a shit? Right. You know? Because well, you got to respect this in a way. I mean, that'd be like, literally some of these guys would be like, if I went in the ring and just got my ass kicked. Right. Wrestling, although it's worked and we know that, it hurts. 
taking right. bumps in general hurts from what I understand. Didn't you used you know? to also tell me a story about Bobby Heenan about how like you can't like he, he would say like he can't expect these guys to be to like do moves. to do moves. Give yeah. them spots. I think he would say like some people would get mad at the jobbers because they would give them spots and Bobby would be like, you can't give them spots. They're they're not wrestlers really. You know, <laughs> yeah. they know how to take bumps, but they're that's here, it. They're here to make you look good, not the other way around. Yeah, like, you don't give them spots and complicated shit. I mean, you see some of these people. <laughs> yeah. These are people that are like family men. Some of them, they have yeah. jobs during the week and they right. show up in Allentown or wherever the hell. They're Poughkeepsie. just fans who, who have learned how to take bumps, right. basically. Right, which I don't even want to do. Yeah, well, Seriously, exactly. because you're falling on your back. You might fall on your head. You might break your neck you know and there's a level of trust that goes into this and they are unsung heroes because can you imagine like who would they who would the superstars beat every week if there weren't these jobs well they do what they do now where it (laughs) sucks ass where it's like 50 50 booking because we need this guy to win this time but we also with a guy he's beaten we can't have him lose too much so it's just fucking mess and then on the other side of that coin you have people that complain anytime someone loses that they're being buried right which isn't what a burial is anyway there wouldn't be any of that if there was jobbers no there There, wouldn't because they would just beat the shit out of jobbers every week but that's the thing and that's why this is such a lost thing and i don't know if it'll ever come back i don't think it ever will uh not in world wrestling entertainment anyway see here's here here's what bugs me about it is it can all you have to do is condition the audience take a while though it's gonna hurt at first right (laughs) like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie like if if you (laughs) not gonna sugarcoat it switch to this at first some people would turn it off they'd be like what the fuck is this shit i'm not watching this crap right but over time when you get to the pay-per-view the matches are awesome it makes those better i think there was like there was a nice balance of this in around like i want to say like 93 to 96 like yes. during the crap era yeah but there's a nice balance of this where like there was a lot of jobber matches at that point even on raw yeah even on raw right but when you would get to the pay-per-view you could really like it really shined it was like palpable this, like it was like whoa 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 i didn't know like for example like Shawn michaels wouldn't do his best shit on fucking raw against van van horn no <laughs> yeah right but then you'd, you'd get to the pay-per-view and all of a sudden you'd be like wow this guy's a really good fucking right. wrestler right right or mr perfect against like la gore or somebody <laughs> yeah, you know exactly he's just gonna snap his neck and win in two minutes <laughs> la gore now going full well this is the house of upsets right here at the manhattan center a victory over mr perfect that would be extraordinary it really made the pay-per-views like attractive. Oh, definitely. And but, even even Quinn in the 80s, it made the Saturday nights main events attractive. Yeah. Because that's free television that free you get television to see. Free television where it's not jobber matches. Right. Like, right. That's why those were such a big deal. You gotta set the expectations low <laughs> on TV because Oh, they do. They but they really do because because <laughs> I feel like nowadays the reason why we complain oh Ross sucks or whatever. I hate to break it to people, but even when we were kids, it was like, man, Raw sucks. It's like it's only jobber matches, right? Well, until like 97, yes. Right, but I'm just saying it shouldn't be the best stuff on regular TV. It shouldn't. That's a very controversial take, but I don't necessarily disagree with it. Like even like I watch some of the AEW and I'm like, why is like these why do these look like fucking pay-per-view matches on a TV show? Well, that's just the way the business has been now for what over 20 years. It's I just know, it's how just it is. It's weird. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's burnout. It no, nothing special. There still are special things when something is built, right? Obviously that that still happens, but the uh the week to week, you know, having four or five matches with superstars taking on jobbers, that's been long gone for 25 years practically right but i do think that it was so important to like you said even in the crap era 
as mm-hmm. you called it, right? 93 to 96. The pay-per-view still felt important. Mm-hmm. You know what I they mean? They did, even if they were bad. Yeah. Now, obviously, there'd be feature matches on TV. Right. They, they, they throw you a bone every of week. Of course. Like, it'd be like, oh, and so-and-so's going to face such and such. Yeah. And you know them. They have moves that you've seen before. Right. And sometimes you get a screwy finish or whatever. Yeah. But it is true, Quinn, that uh, the only place to really see prime superstar versus superstar matches back then was on the pay-per-views or Saturday Night's main event. Or, of course, buy a ticket and go in person. And that was the other reason for yeah. it. They rarely had too many jobber matches on house shows. Maybe the opener. Yeah. You know, the first or suppose a Luis Rivera or somebody. Pretty much Lanny Poffo, another yeah. notable one. Uh-huh. Uh, Lanny Poffo is a good one too, Quinn, because he worked hmm. himself into a gimmick, you know, with. I That's think, true. That would sometimes happen. And, yeah. And, and sometimes there's even, as we said, the jobbers who win sometimes. Yeah, like Johnny which, Rods. Which are, you know what I like about that? It's a good tease because part of it is like, are you like, are they going to like. Is this going to be like a guy now? Right, like, right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it does develop. Like Brooklyn, yeah. like Brooklyn Baller was Steve Lombardi yeah, forever. Just junk for yeah, years. Just junk, and then he they gave him a cigar and a Yankees ripped up shirt <laughs> and, and jeans, hat, yep. and, and he, all of a sudden he's somebody. Yeah. For like a couple months, a couple Bob, months. Bobby Heenan, and then he's just crap again. And same, but we're even seeing it now on like the 80, 84 canon, like Jose Luis Rivera, like winning a ton of matches. Yeah, there you go. You know, Bob Bradley is another one of my favorite ones. Yeah. He's great because he had, some of these guys have personality and you can tell these are guys that want to stay in the business. They're yeah, different. There's that, that's, there's that other kind of job yeah. too, where it's like, no, I'm going to like make a career out of this, yeah. right? They're paying their dues and they're getting their ass kicked, but they're good workers mm-hmm. like a Bob Bradley or somebody right. like that, where they're actually good. They're not just like Larry the mailman who wrestles on the weekends, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't besmirch that. I mean, Mick Foley worked as a job guy for WWF for a while. True. So did Shane Douglas. All the best start there. And that's the other thing that it provides as well. Like like we're saying here is not only is it like it gives some fan people, you know, yeah. live out their dream or whatever. But for in real, in practical terms, it's how you like people pay their dues in the business. Yeah. Instead of go to NXT and be a star immediately. <laughs> You know what I mean? And get taught where to stand yeah. and which angle to tilt your head at and shit. Yeah. But yeah, and it probably, I'm assuming, I'm just inferring here that it helped develop a respect amongst some of the older wrestlers when you show up night after night or taping after taping, get your ass kicked, have a good attitude about it. Yeah, and it's something, it's a singular thing they can be good at too. It's like getting your ass kicked, like we said, is like somewhat of an art because some sometimes we can tell the bad jobbers. If oh, when we, yeah. We like, we're the ones that like, somebody does their finishing move and they can't take it right. They can't sell it right. They yeah. can't take the bump right. <laughs> right, yeah. and it looks weird. Yes. It's like, that's that's a guy, That's he's not going to make it. Right. But like, there's guys that will sell the shit out of it and yeah. like, you're like, Oh, there's some potential there, right? It's That's like, what right. if we gave that guy some offense, you know, like, and see what he can do? Like, Steve Lombardi is one of those guys. A great, right. great at getting his ass kicked. Right. His offense sucks usually. Right. But it's supposed to. He can't, he couldn't connect the, <laughs> yeah. connect, hit the other side, right? But right. He could do the other, the, the oh, portion, the, the job portion really good. And the, what's the guy that became Joey Abs? Jason Arndt was very good at that. Mike Bell. There's a, a ton of jobbers from the 90s that were good at that. The Hardys, obviously. Right. Like the I said. Hardys became, you know. They were like the next one, two, three, which a one, two, three kid, right? Yeah, Sean Waltman. Yeah. A lot of guys. And again, the the reason that we think they're unsung heroes is because you wouldn't normally think of them as, you know, superstars for the most part, but they were important. And that's really the crux of this whole segment all season long. They were important to the product. 
they're important to the TV. They really make the pacing of the show so much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially if you're like Quinn and you like really short matches on your syndicated programming. Well. Because you get more of them. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the thing. It's like you could fill 45 minutes with like eight or nine matches sometimes. And mix in all the promos and interviews. More than a pay-per-view. And and it's still got all the stuff, right? Yeah, you get to see like six, seven, eight really good wrestlers or or at least over wrestlers usually. Guys they were pushing. Guys they were pushing. That's the best way to put it. Uh, they get their finisher in, get a promo in a box during the match. Usually shitting on whoever they're feuding yeah, with. It yeah, it's so efficient. Yeah. And these jobbers are the reason for that. Because like you said, Quinn, I mean, who, who else are they going to fight? Right. It'd be, it'd be like now, mm-hmm. where everyone's just fighting the same people all the time. And it's then true. no one ever really gets over. It's hard over. to do those in the boxes, too, when they're already fighting the guy they're feuding with. <laughs> That's a great point. <sighs> that it's really so is. so annoying. That is a funny point. It's so annoying how they do it now. There's no suspense. It's just like somebody attacked somebody on Raw last week. Okay, they're fighting now. Well, it's like there's no there's no build up to it. It's a, it's been different uh, for a while, and some would say that the art of using enhance, enhancement talent is sorely missed. Folks, we mm-hmm. want to know what you think, and you can do that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But jobbers, enhancement talent, local talent, whatever you want to call it, we salute you. You are yes. this week's unsung heroes. Quinn, when we come back, though, guess what? It is Royal Flush time. You know what that means. It means we're pulling two more names out of the tank for the worst celebrities in wrestling. This will be fun. The Royal Flush is coming up right after this. And now, a message from Barry Horowitz. First of all, there's got to be a winner, there's got to be a loser, okay? First of all, I don't use the word, jo- I, I hate that word. It's called enhancement. An enhancement match. I don't use that. No, I don't use, uh, I've never used that terminology in any interview. I don't believe in it. Whoever does it. And you know what? Everybody's did one. Everybody, there's got to be a winner, there's got to be a loser. You know what? The guy who don't want to do one's a mark. He don't want to create business. Hulk Hogan's did it. Okay? That's, that's all let's do it. You know what? I could have said, no, I don't want to do this, right? I'll go home. Somebody else will do it and make money. I've seen it done before. But the difference is of uh, putting somebody, putting, this is how I look at it. You, if you want to use that terminology, job, you just bounce around and get beat, okay? I put people over. And now back to the best wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of. O-V-P. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 236 here on Monday, August 23rd, 2021. And before we continue on here, Quinn and I just wanted to acknowledge the passing of Bobby Eaton here on our show. We, this is actually the first thing that we're recording for this show since we heard the news. Right. We know week. that some time has passed, yeah. but we wanted to pay our respects here on the show. We did. Uh, we are certainly not the show to do justice to Bobby Eaton just because he kind of isn't on our radar much here with what we review mm-hmm. and what we talk about. So if you're interested in a very good tribute to Bobby Eaton, I would highly suggest you check out Book in the Territory right. with our friend Mike Mills. They have a show that they did where they talked about Bobby Eaton a few weeks back. You can check that out. But Bobby Eaton obviously was uh, best known as a member of the Midnight Express. Right. One of the, probably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. No doubt about it. Den- Dennis Condry and then, of course, Stan Lane, managed by Jim Cornette. 
had a great career in WCW as a tag team champion, also with Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to be a blue blood and some fun stuff. I, the, Bobby Eaton was always kind of like a guy that I always like kept on my radar. Yeah. Even when I was like a new fan. Yep, me too. You know, he, he did some cool stuff and I really just enjoyed his work. Hell of a worker, even more so than that, by so many accounts and some of the stories I've seen, known as one of the actual genuinely nicest guys to ever work in the business. I've heard the same thing. So it it, it is sad. Very sad. Yep. So we just wanted to acknowledge that and make sure that uh, we paid our respects to Bobby Eaton. He will be missed by many, many people, obviously. So that's our story on Bobby Eaton, Quinn. Right. Now we can shift gears, Quinn, to the Royal Flush. Exciting. So if we have a new listener or two here, what is the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush? Well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he compiles all of those votes and puts them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We alternate weeks, best and worst. We pull out two at a time, and we rank them. That way, by the end of this season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy, best and worst celebrities in wrestling of all time. Quinn, there are currently four names on the board. Four great names. Four great, four great flush uh, candidates. Yes, absolutely. That I'm very proud of yep. for, for making it this crappy. Me too. I'm very proud of them. Now, this is celebrities in wrestling. It could be any promotion, anytime. Not just WrestleMania, not just WWF. At number one, though, the elusive burger man, Herb! 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 Number two, speaking of burgers, where's the beef? His competing burger associate <laughs> at WrestleMania 2. Yeah, that's right. Claire Peller. Yeah, Clara Peller. Number three, yeah, the Dorino, you know, Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> he wrestled Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And number four, uh-oh, get him, George. Susan St. James. Uh-oh. Get him, George. Eat his leg. Susan St. James. I didn't mind her. I don't mind her <laughs> The more either. we talked about her two weeks ago, the more I was like, she's fine. Real saint She of was wrestling. <laughs> and Dick Ebersole's wife of yeah. wrestling, too. Anyway, those are the four names on the board now. We'll go down to Howard Finkel in a second. Before we do, let's just clarify, Quinn. Clara. <laughs> I see what you did yeah. there. Uh, a good celebrity, like oh. we have over on the ranking side, mm-hmm. they're going to be uh, either a notable name or somebody that really gets wrestling adds to the product, does a great job at what they're hired to do, whether that's referee or announce or wrestle, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. They don't embarrass the company. This is true. They don't drag the show down. Yes. They make it good. They make it memorable. They give you a moment. On the other side of that coin, the bad celebrities generally do either nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. They don't meet the thing they were supposed to right. do. Right, they don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't contribute anything. They're embarrassing. Yeah. It turns people off of the product. They make the show annoying. They make the show annoying, or they're barely a celebrity. Those are always the fun ones, when it's just like right. some joker. Yeah. Like, Herb! Yeah. Herb. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even a thing. <laughs> yeah, they're not even a celebrity. They're not relevant. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit of the criteria. We will continue to file it down as we go on here. But Quinn, if you're ready, so am I. Why don't we go down to Howard Finkel? Let's do it. For the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. Coming up next is the Money in the Bank ladder match. Claire Peller. Uh-oh. For a guy who never shuts up, you sure don't have much to say, mean Gene. Well, not... Sting has been tased by the horseman, but here comes Robocop, Bob. He's me. We just didn't see Kevin Federline beat John Cena. 
Quinn. Celebrities yeah. and wrestling. Okay, hey, that's we, really not necessary. Every time we do this, they it's, are, it's, are it's disgusting. So it's, the celebrities, it's absolutely gross. It's really gross. And the celebrities in wrestling that are already on the board, uh, most people would agree they do belong on the flush there. I agree. Although I think Susan St. James was charming. She was. In her own way. But there are two more coming out of the tank, Quinn. Yes. It's going to get messy. Oh, it's going to. It, it's going to be disgusting. It's going to be gross. Super are, and sloppy. <laughs> Thanks, Quinn. Are we ready to count it down? Sure. Let's all find out, fans, who drew number five. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Robocop. Robocop. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is, this is a, a celebrity only WCW could pull off. Oh, yeah. It because, only should. Because in the future, they would have things like Kiss Demon and like, <laughs> like Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> like Movie tie ins and shit. Things that like are not. They're fictional characters, I guess. Yes. Like, only WCW could pull this off. Very WCW. Yeah. So RoboCop in WCW, this happened in 1990, and it's very infamous. I believe it is the impetus for WrestleCrap. I see. You know, I think that's what they're like. This mm. is fucking horrible. I think that might have been one of the first things that, you know, WrestleCrap, obviously. Yeah, I know WrestleCrap over have, the years. I mean, we do a flush every week. I'm definitely aware of WrestleCrap. Got a, got a lot of crap. But what is RoboCop? Now, this is probably more well-known to most audiences than some of the other things that we talk about. RoboCop uh, was a 1987 movie, and then it became a franchise, and they had right. sequels and stuff. I don't want to say it was similar to Terminator, because it's really not. No. <sighs> But you can kind of, they, they even had a game, Robocop versus Terminator. It's definitely designed to, like, sell toys in a way. Maybe not as much because it's a movie, but still, you know what they were going for with this shit, right? It's very marketable. It, oh, it's very marketable, right? Robocop. His orders get the evil vandals now. Headhunter, Nitro, and the dangerous ED-260. The one thing I do remember about it as a kid is it was ultra violent. Oh, yeah. It's not a kid's movie. At least movie. the first one was. Very. It's kind of in the vein of a Blade Runner. Yeah. In the vein of. It's not well, the same plot, but. So there is some interesting stuff in that movie, like the idea that the future, like, that there's a bunch of, like, inflation. There's, like, this, there's, remember these commercials mm -hmm. in that movie, and it's, like, only $150 for a stick of gum or some yeah. shit, you know what <laughs> right, I mean? Like, right, It is, like, a dystopian future or something. It is in Detroit. It in takes Detroit, place in Detroit. Yeah, and it's, you know, the idea of crime has gotten out of control. The natural escalation of, right. of city life or whatever they say. And it basically centers on this cop named Alex Murphy who was killed and then resurrected as a cyborg named... Right. Robocop. And that this is going to solve all their problems yeah. with crime, right? It's like, well, if instead of the real cops in the line of fire, we have robots and they're yeah. going to they're going to fucking do this shit. But here's here's the catch here, right? Yeah. Cyborg thing is that <laughs> this guy <laughs> fucking died. They think like at the beginning of the movie, it's like he's not he's only going to be remember like the being a person part, but right. he's not going to have like memories of his like family and shit. Right. And then that's what kind of is like the issue. That's the, the human whole, element here. Yeah. yeah. And so basically he's like a vigilante cyborg cop, essentially. Right. Yeah. And it was successful. Right. The first RoboCop is very successful. You know who else is in it, by the way? Uh, Kurtwood Smith, who is a... Uh, probably better known as Red on yes. that 70s he's show. He's the villain. Yes, he he's is. the villain. I, I remember this. Yep. Um, and he's pretty fucking, uh, he's like a maniac in yep. that movie. Yep. But this movie was super popular. You know, there was video games, there was oh, yeah. merchandise. There was, and, there was action figures. But, but again, it's, I still find it funny 
that kids were even watching this movie back then. Even I had access to it. And I, yeah, I think I did too. I look back at it and I'm like, I, I think I watched it as an adult. I'm like, this is really screwed up. This movie, like, there's there's a lot of like deep things, like the family memories aspect. There is. There, there's the there's just complete ultra violence at like slasher level gore. There's a lot of gore. There's also a lot of themes, probably a, kind of tie into the '80s, the excess of the '80s and right. the Reagan era there's and things societal like that. Stuff going yeah. on. It's an actually pretty deep movie. And I might add, at the very end, there's a, a great. Harry Housen, whatever that guy is, Harry Housen, the the guy with the robot in mm-hmm. the, I'm pretty sure that's stop motion, like that style Maybe. at the end. And I remember thinking, wow, in all of this, they got the guy in the suit and everything, and then they put like a stop motion fucking gigantic robot to fight <laughs> RoboCop at the end in like the police headquarters. Right, right. It's crazy. It's, yep. it, the movie's all over the place. It is all over the place. It had some good effects. Again, it was pretty well received, actually. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they spun it off into a bunch of other things and one of those things was robocop 2 right which was 1990 this one was uh, less well received i feel like i saw this on like not even cable like syndicated like we need to show a movie at two in the afternoon (laughs) kind of thing right right this was not as popular not as popular i think he's worked out pretty well have a seat this is a bust and there was just for the record a robocop 3 in 1993 this is the one where it's like, okay, we're, we're done. Are yeah. we done here with yeah, this? this? You know this, what I mean? This is a step too far, right? Yeah. And there was, a, like we said, there were video games and things like that. And there was even a reboot in 2014, which I barely remember. And it's yep. not that long ago. I don't ago. even remember it either. <laughs> I also, the one, the big video game thing I remember was the RoboCop versus Terminator video game, which Same came here. out in like a special like plastic like box. Yeah, this like, weird like textured box. Because <laughs> it was supposed to be like, look, it's like futuristic or like it's, it's it. tough. It's metal or whatever the fuck was going on with that. I think I rented that one time uh, for Super Nintendo. I did too, just for the box. And then I never rented it again. It, the game was horrible. It was very, very difficult, too. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, RoboCop was popular enough that, you know, people knew what it was. It was in the culture. Not, like, huge, but it was, it was a known thing. And it, and it went, like, beyond 1987, like, yeah. into the 90s. Oh, well like, into the 90s. Well into the, I want to say up to, like, 94. I feel like that RoboCop Terminator thing is, like, the perfect, like, period on the yep. end of, like, the RoboCop being popular era. Remember the RoboCop era? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's true, though, from, like, 87 to 94-ish when yeah. that came out. That was kind of, it kind of died after that. You're totally right. So, in 1990 in WCW, we have a big storyline going on. Now, if you remember, in 1989, the Horseman had turned face because Ric Flair had turned face. Remember the Terry Funk thing? Yeah. So the Horsemen are I never face. like when they do that with I, the Four Horsemen. Me neither. Face <laughs> for, it's what, not what as good. What are doing here? <laughs> so, they have Sting join them. Now, obviously, that's going to go well. Yeah. Sting and the Horsemen, I mean, they're meant they're for each other. They're faces now, right? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. can trust each other. Oh, sure. You know, the Ric Flair, very trustworthy. Yeah. Arn Anderson, Oli, they're very trustworthy people. He's not people. at all referred to the dirtiest player in the <laughs> no. game in any way. No. The whole deal here is Sting wants a world title shot. Well, the champion happens to be Ric Flair. And they're like, no, 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 let's not do that. And then, obviously, in February of 1990... The horsemen turn on Sting. Of course they did. I am shocked. <laughs> Big shocker. And stunned. They were shocked and stunned. Well, we're shocked. Yeah, shocked. Shocked. And stunned. Yeah, stunned. Sting, though, suffers a legitimate injury. So mm-hmm. we kind of have to hold off the Flair Sting match for a little bit. He's got a legit injury. I see. They put in Lex Luger uh, as a substitute to take on Flair at Capital Combat. No, excuse me. At Wrestle War, both those names are 
<laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Just want to say that. <laughs> at WrestleWar. And then we get to Capital Combat. And at Capital Combat, they are promoting this as the return of RoboCop. What do you mean the return? He was here before? No, that's <laughs> the thing is he wasn't. Saturday, May 19th, Turner Home Entertainment strikes a blow for justice. Capital Combat Fighting, the return of RoboCop. <laughs> I don't understand. Is it because they hadn't seen RoboCop on TV in a bit or something? I don't know. But Sting's like, my friend RoboCop is going to be there. And like he's a real thing. Uh, <laughs> so, he's fighting crime in Detroit for real. <laughs> so so we're going to have on this card, which uh, is going to feature Luger versus Flair again in the Steel Cage match. We have some other matches, but the one of the things here is that Sting and RoboCop are going to make a special appearance and wave to the crowd and say hi Lovely. and all these things. Yes. Now, keep in mind, Sting is still kind of injured, still hasn't wrestled, right? So anyway, we have a card here, which features uh, some very 1990 things, such as Norman the Lunatic Ooh. teaming up with the Road Warriors, uh, defeating, listen to this team, Bam Bam Bigelow. That sounds good. Cactus Jack. Okay. And Kevin Sullivan. Wow. With Oliver Humperdinck. Mm. But he's a heel. That brings it down. I know. Mean Mark. Callus, oh, the Undertaker. The Undertaker. The Undertaker defeated Johnny Ace. Okay. Johnny Ass. I like this one. The Samoan SWAT team consisting of Fatu and Tama. Ooh. The rare, like the yeah, two of them. The Tama edition. They defeated Mike Rotunda and Tommy Rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's very 1990. Yeah. Paul Ellering had a special uh, hair match against Teddy Long. Ooh. I am good. He, did he even have hair by that point? Teddy Long had like the had both yeah, of the, them the fuzzy hair. Uh, both of them, I mean. I don't know what Ellering had. Yeah. I don't really want to know. And then we had a, a tag match here for the U.S. tag title. The Midnights, Bobby Eaton, speaking right. of him and Stan Lane, took on Brian Pillman and the Z-Man. Very Z. And then, after this match, we are informed. Now, Gordon Soley is a backstage interviewer for this show, by the way. I think it's Shivani. RoboCop will be coming soon. <laughs> Imagine Gordon Soley. Like, I'm sure he had to say that. As I have another shot of vodka here. Yeah. Uh, RoboCop will be here shortly. I'm you know? glad to meet him. I can't wait to meet RoboCop. You can see we're approaching the locker room of Sting now and his newfound ally, RoboCop. But anyway... We're, we're informed that um, RoboCop... Can they call him by his name or whatever it is? Harry, I forget. Alex I Murphy, I think, Alex or something. Murphy, whatever his but name he's is. He's RoboCop, damn it. And uh, so we're informed that RoboCop has arrived to the building on a wrestling pay-per-view. Uh-huh. And he's going to come out with Sting, right? So we got uh, Jim Ross. Ha! That version yeah. of Jim Ross. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Gordon Soley also. Yeah, I'm Gordon <laughs> Soley White. And Bob Cottle's like, I just like, I like doing things, you know? Yeah. Bob Cottle with him. Just like, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Bob happy. Cottle's always okay with everything. <laughs> He's just happy. They're on commentary. And they're like, okay, here they come. So Sting comes out first. And Sting gets attacked by Ole and Arn Anderson. Right. Grumpy Ole. Oldie. He's still around. <laughs> yeah, he's still there. 1990. We're on the tail Is this end the of the loafers edition. <laughs> yeah. Not really ever like the gear. suspenders and yeah. shit, Ugh. you know. But I think we're on the tail end of Ole. I think uh, Sid comes in soon, but anyway. Wait a minute, the horsemen are already yeah. They just threw Sting in the cage. There is a shark cage set up there because in the previous match with the Midnights that I mentioned, mm -hmm. Jim Cornette was locked in that cage. They haven't done that gimmick 50 <laughs> fucking times at that point. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh, he was locked in the cage so he couldn't interfere right. in, his, in the Midnight Express match. So this cage is still there. So the Andersons, so they lock Sting in the cage. <laughs> and then RoboCop comes out. And here come RoboCop. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's where that clip comes from. Here comes RoboCop, now, Bob. If I recall, they even have him do the like slow walk. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, here's the thing. He looks the, like an idiot. Okay, even in the fucking movie, Joe, this is my biggest issue with RoboCop, is he's like, he just kind of like, 
Yeah, it's very creaky. It's like the Tin Man. Like he just kind of strolls out. He's like a tank. I get it. Yeah. Like he's slow, but it's like an asshole. And like once he gets over there, he shoots the shit out of people. I get it. I still may always thought that that was the thing that made him unthreatening. Like if it was nowadays, if they were making like if RoboCop never existed, right? Yeah. They would have made him have like super speed or yeah. some shit. You know what I mean? He'd like, glide around like a Roomba yeah. or something like that. Would, you know, no, like all of a sudden it'd be like speed mode, and then like. Like, and then they would, like, do some CG where he's, like, running faster than a fucking train or right. some shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> Speed mode. Yeah. I almost spit up my coffee he on that He did say things like that. It's, it's like, what? target mode. And then they would, like, show... Beep, 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 And they would, like, show you, like, the targeting stuff. Well, in this case, he targets uh, Arn and Oli and the cage that they had locked Sting in. He saunters over, nice and slow, to the cage, yeah. rips the door off. And then they, he just leaves with Sting, and then we never... What an appearance. We never see him again. <laughs> Fuck. Stupid. Does Sting get to do something good because of this escape? Or no, does he, he just, just leaves. He's got, like, a tank top on. <laughs> He's like that. Wait, wait, he doesn't even attack them? No. I don't even remember. I think he, I think he I, just I leaves. I always turn it off right after he rips the thing off. That's always my... <laughs> I'm just like, great. You know what? I think, by the way, I think Sid was with them. This was, like, when Sid was already there, right. becoming a horseman, but Oli was still there. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, they just leave. And the horsemen, like, bail out or whatever. What, no. a, what a lovely appearance. Robocop doesn't get to punch anybody you know, or anything like that. this was the one chance in wrestling where somebody actually had a gun <laughs> so like they could have finally like the, the old why don't they use a gun gimmick well why don't they just use a gun and shoot him yeah, I don't understand like again it's fake yeah. like we're not saying anything yeah. like not violent real or, shooting yeah just, just it, it, if it's a show you know huh, I understand that's all. Sting has been tased by the horseman but here comes Robocop Bob Sid Vicious Ole Anderson Arn Anderson they all attacked him, threw him into the cage. What's he, but look at RoboCop now as he's approaching. He is not. They're, in, ba- they're backing away from him. He's not intimidated, Bob. RoboCop going right to the cage. This deal. Give me a bucket of balls so we get down with you. Oh gosh, almighty! He's pulling that door right off the hinges. So anyway, that was it. The reason I believe that this happened is Ted Turner had been thinking about considering having TBS buy. Orion Pictures, uh, which I believe was owned by MGM at the time. Orion made a lot of movies in the 80s. Yes, they did. And a lot of like action style stuff like that. Very notable logo. Yep, I remember it. Remember the logo. And I believe he was considering putting in a bid for Orion and or MGM itself. But he decided not to do that. So I don't know if this, I don't believe he had any ownership stake in this because Orion was not owned by Turner. So it's like a test run kind of thing. Maybe he was trying to woo them by promoting it or trying to gauge a live crowd, perhaps of like how popular is Orion pictures, like properties or whatever. Possibly. But needless to say, uh, this was not good. Yeah. And it it fell flat with a lot of people because it was very doofy. I mean, the return of Robo, even in a nomenclature, it's stupid because he wasn't returning to WCW. Here's the thing I want to say. Go ahead. About about this, though. I don't mind this that much because you know what? Why? Because you know my outlook. It's all fucking fake. Who gives a shit? I know that, but you're not supposed to bring in robots. (laughs) Well... What do you mean, well? I, I don't know. In WCW, especially, where it's like, this WCW is our sport. people who came from the future one time. Quinn. I, I'm just saying. The techno team? Yeah. Yeah, but they lost a lot, at least. But the point I'm trying to make is that this is WCW. 
Right. This is where this is where the big boys play. Obviously, this is where wrist locks are important. You know, yeah. in southern wrestling. Well, who could do a wrist lock better than Robocop? <laughs> He's got a metal wrist. I'm just saying. His hands like spin or whatever. He could do a fucking good wrist lock. You're right about that. That's one Irish of those things. Too. If he did a move to somebody, that would actually it would make sense to sell it because yeah. it's like a tank is fucking fighting you. If a robot punched me, I'd sell it. Yeah, exactly. People would pay good money to see that. I'm sure too. Right. I'm just saying. Imagine if they could have gotten the animatronics right, and he like you know gave Ric Flair a clothesline or something, and he like Flair would sell the shit out of that clothesline too. Well, he'd also like the next day have like a fucking neck brace because he would have to. It's a robot. A robot clothesline, Ric Flair. Yeah, I'm just trying to put him in the figure four. Yeah, doesn't work. (laughs) Speed mode. Speed. (laughs) Tank mode. (laughs) Reversal mode. Yeah. Anyway, everyone hates it, and everyone uh, hates it. Quinn doesn't. It's not that I I don't I understand it's stupid I get it I'm not saying it's not stupid I'm just saying that in a fake thing that it doesn't it, I, I don't care but it pisses off the people that really like their southern wrestling right uh, and this is also regarded as a very good show aside from this aside from RoboCop literally well, that's kind of dumping on RoboCop it, huh he, he ruined the whole show he ruined the whole show he only did was rip the thing the door off he didn't attack anyone no he just saved Sting you're yeah, right he, he just did something let realistic him escape. It's very realistic if you think about it. I mean, it. If, okay, if Robot RoboCop exists in that world, which now he does in the canon, right? WCW canon. He's supposed to have super strength, right? Yes. I think breaking a door off is not unrealistic in the context of RoboCop. No, he could definitely break a door off. Right? Are you kidding so me? What is the issue here? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Yeah, in ranking I'm just, time. I'm just saying. Just, uh, th- okay. just uh, food for thought, if you will. No, right? it's some food. Yeah. Uh, speed mode. So, with that said, Quinn. That's RoboCop. People mm-hmm. hate it. I knew it would make it. I have no doubt about it. Uh, and by the way, Turner wound up not buying Orion. Oh, wow. So this is all for naught anyway. Uh, but with that said... Good test. <laughs> yeah, great test. You just say, hey, saved a buck. Yeah, you know? let's just, save a, let's just test it live on pay-per-view <laughs> in a wrestling match. Sure. No, you know how they ran that company. <laughs> Very well, apparently. WWE was a test ground. Just look at it today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that said, Quinn, let's go down to the fans and find out who drew <laughs> number six. Quinn. <laughs> and you got a problem with Robocop? How much does that fellow weigh? Yeah. Art Donovan. You knew yeah. he would make it too. Boy, oh boy. Art Donovan. The kind of the 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 Babe Ruth of bad celebrities, if you will. Same age too. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, is this bad? Well, I like it, but it's not. We good. like it because it's like this yeah. is a so bad. It, it, it is bad. This is like one hundred percent one of the worst things I've ever seen on a television thing that was wrestling. I can't even stand to watch it. There's a lot of problems with this yeah. and it's not Art's fault. That's the thing. Like I feel bad for the guy. But I didn't even know who the fuck he was. Well you like, wouldn't. Yeah. Here's the thing. Art Donovan was a football player yeah, in, in the fifties. Yeah in the fifties. On the Baltimore Colts. Col- Baltimore Colts. On the Baltimore Colts. They had to wear a coat. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't have to wear helmets when he started yeah. playing, I think. So very old school football, you know what I mean? When right. you're kicking around the pig skin. Is this leather helmets edition? Yes, I think is so. that long ago? Yeah, probably. And uh, for those of you over in the UK and elsewhere, this is the kind of football that we call American football, where right. you mainly throw the ball you or run with people it. And, and you stuff. tackle people. It's not like the one where you actually kick it over there that you guys get so excited about in England. Mm-hmm. This isn't that kind of football. I mean, when you have food like that, you have to get excited about something else, I guess, mm-hmm. right True. in the UK. Yeah. Anyway, mushy peas. So Art Donovan was uh, actually a, a well-regarded football player. He was a five-time pro bowler. He was a two-time NFL champion. First-team All-Pro. He was a good 
football player. He's good at the football. Respected, right? Mm-hmm. Big guy back in his day. Not by 94, not, not but by, like... Definitely not by 94. But he was well over 300 pounds most Whoa. of the time. 280, 300. He could peak with Gorilla. He, 440. Big guy. And the other thing about Art Donovan is he was known for being very nice, kind of jovial, like, I just drink my beer and I just eat hot dogs and bologna right. and stuff. So very he had jovial. Like a personality or something yeah. like in the late 70s, early 80s. Into, or the, into the 80s. I feel like we saw, I know I've seen this before, he was on some talk show. He was, was it on, with Johnny Carson or something? Um, I don't know if he did Carson, but he was on Letterman, I don't know how many times, but between, I want to say, 82 or 83 until 2000 or something. He came over to see me, and I said to him, Sizzy, I said, that guy's got to be diabolical. I said, man, he started laughing. He says, what the hell does diabolical mean? I said, I don't know, but it sounds good. Yeah, yeah we're talking about old Letterman, though. Like, no, no, even new Letterman. Wait, he was in the 90s? On the CBS version? Yeah. Whoa. Have you had a nice Thanksgiving so far? Oh, great. I had my grandchildren up to parade, my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter says... Are you going to be one of the balloons in a parade? Oh, now, Art, no. She didn't really say that, did she? Yeah, she she still did, yeah. And he was just, he was a jovial guy, the kind of guy that, you know, the stereotype that you could just have a beer with and have fun. Well, he was definitely going for that of the appearances I've seen from the mid-80s or whatever. That's what I get the gist of with Art Donovan. Very unpretentious, kind of just down-to-earth persona. But he was also not like a, a superstar celebrity. No. Like, he's even lower than, like, Regis. Like, yeah, I'd probably say so. You know what I mean? Well, like, less he's visible, not, yeah. Yeah, he is not... He's more that, niche than Regis. Yeah, he is not a big deal, but let's appear, put it that way. But appearing on Letterman definitely raised his profile. Right. You know what I mean? Because Letterman was a hot show yeah. throughout the 80s and 90s. So anyway, it was just known as like, hey, it's a fun time. You know, kind of right. like Mongo. Yeah. Backyard well, barbecue. Well, he, he can't touch Mongo. No one can touch Mongo, Quinn. But anyway, Art Donovan is from Baltimore. Right. Obviously. King of the Ring 1994 was held in Baltimore. Right. Now, let's just get a little background. King of the Ring 94 is June of 94. So the main story is going on here is Bret Hart is still the world champion. He defeated Yokozuna Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania 10 after losing to Owen earlier that night. We know that. Yes. Owen is like in his prime, like, fuck you, Bret. Yeah, he's he's very motivated. Yeah, like, I'm better than you, brother. I've always been. And he thinks he's owed a title shot because he he beat Bret that same exact night. Correct. So that's one of the main threads. Obviously, the King of the Ring tournament. This is only the second one on pay-per-view, so no one knows that it sucks yet. Yeah, they haven't learned. <laughs> That's next year, right? It, 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 it's like Survivor Series. It takes two-ish years <laughs> yeah. for people to learn this is horrible. <laughs> exactly. So, Owen has entered the King of the Ring with some notable names. Razor Ramones in it, Tatanka, 123Kid, a bunch of good names. We've also got uh, Bret Hart taking on Diesel, and Shawn Michaels is in Diesel's corner. And Shawn Michaels is known as being a pain in the ass when he's in Diesel's corner. Exactly. He helped Diesel win the IC from Razor. Right. Right. Just because he just wanted to fuck over Razor. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Razor. Like, I'm Shawn's taking like four months off of wrestling, but Diesel's going to wrestle instead. Right. And Shawn's going to be his manager. Right. It's kind of cool. I kind of like the whole storyline, right? A nice little reversal. Yeah. Where Diesel gets to be doing Shawn's bidding yep. for a couple months. And Shawn's always a big scene on the outside. Yeah. He's very good at it. He's actually very yeah. good at, at this role. Right. And uh, so Brett's going to defend against Diesel. Diesel not putting the IC on the line. Okay. And Roddy Piper is going to take on Jerry Lawler well, for well, some fucking that, that, reason. That was stupid. As we push the new generation all pay-per-view, by but the remember way. Remember Roddy Piper. And King, well, King had been good for the last couple years. King's a heat machine. There. Yeah. But this is a bad thing. This King thing shouldn't be is in the bad. main event. No! This is a bit... This without, is bad. Without Bret Hart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the stage. But here's the other stage. Vince McMahon is currently embroiled in the steroid neck surgery trial. 
Right. So he's not on this so show. So he's running the company out of a prison cell via <laughs> Jerry Jarrett or something. Totally right? true. Yep. Yeah. Definitely proven. It should come as no surprise to you that the WWF has one of the most comprehensive drug testing, education, and rehabilitation programs in all of sports. But no, Vince is not on this show because of his neck trial, okay? Right. <laughs> I say that facetiously because mm -hmm. of the trial was going on, but he also had legit neck surgery, whatever. So Gorilla Monsoon is inserted on a commentary. Now, Gorilla, great announcer in his heyday, but there's not as much hay by this point. He's still confident. He's, he's still, no, it's not that he's I, not confident. I don't, I don't even think Gorilla's bad at this. It's not that he's bad, but he hasn't regularly done pay-per-view. Yeah. Since Royal Rumble 93, and even then he had only done a couple before that. Here's the that. thing is, I always like Gorilla's opinion on this shit era. Oh, yeah. Like, when he's when he's on commentary, he kind of lets it be known that this is crap. I do like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, uh, he's still happy here. This is before Joey passed away. Right. So he's still, like, regular Gorilla. And with him is going to be Randy Savage. And a fun fact is these two had never announced together before, to my mm. knowledge. So this is a first-time pairing, because Savage and, and Vince were the... Right. The Raw team. You right, know what I mean? That's true. So we get Gorilla and Savage. And because the show's in Baltimore, let's bring in Baltimore's favorite son, Art Donovan, right? Favorite son. I don't favorite, even know who the fuck he is. Favorite in grandfather. 19, yeah. In 1994. <laughs> now, here's the problem. This is not only being shown in Baltimore. <laughs> right. This it, is a worldwide audience. Right. So literally probably 90% or more yeah. is like, who the fuck is Art Donovan? Did they announce this before? I or don't any? know. Like, it, it feels like it's very sudden, the way it's even introduced on the show. Slapdash. Yeah, it's just like, oh, and here he is, Art Don. Who? So I just want you to think about this, folks. He's sitting in an arena in Baltimore, right, which makes sense. The role they have him doing means that everyone in the arena who may know who he is does not hear him talk <laughs> the entire time. Only the people on paper. Why didn't they make him like a guest ring announcer or something? Because <laughs> right. then he'd get a big hi. pop. Just say hi in the beginning yeah. and leave. That way he'd also get the cue cards that said how much everyone weighed <laughs> if he was the ring announcer. Oh, this fellow he, weighs he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't have to ask. He weighs 568 pounds like on the live that? mic. <laughs> hey, Gorilla, that's not fair. Yeah. Oh, how much does that guy weigh? 500 pounds plus, Art. Well, that's not fair. The only guy, the only fellow only weighs half the amount. Anyway, Art Donovan is the guest announcer. Not for one match. <laughs> for the whole show! <laughs> and, and here lies the issue. Now, he's not watched wrestling before. And if he had, it was probably when Kathy Lee Crosby's grandfather did. Yeah. Okay, in the 50s. Does he mention Gorgeous George? It might have happened. I don't think he even mentioned passing. <laughs> he doesn't mention wrestlers at all. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Beyond the fact that you have... A, such a fucking disaster. A 70-year-old man on commentary that has never watched wrestling before. Yeah. Gorilla and Savage have a job to do. It's not like you and I watching 84 Cannon where right, we can where just we say just whatever. talk about Carvel or something. Right. They need to get over the storylines here. Right. And there is development. A is the threat of Owen winning the King of the Ring. Right. That's supposed to be something that you care about, right? Yeah. Two is when Anvil turns on Brett right. and turns on Razor, you know, and helps Owen win. They're trying to get that over at one point, and Art Donovan just blatantly interrupts them. <laughs> like, let me ask you a question. Did you guys act like that when you were in the ring? Yeah. Gorilla just ignores him completely. And possibly the only motive that he had being at Brett's corner was to make sure that the hitman didn't lose his title to Diesel, but he's hoping that the rocket... We'll beat the hitman. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, wait, I don't know. Let me wait, ask wait you a, a question. Minute, Did you two guys act like that in the ring when you were wrestling? Do you think Do you think the anvil is that smart, Randy? I don't. Yeah, I but don't. the rocket might be. 
So yeah, one of my favorite parts about this whole appearance is at the beginning they're kind of like, they're oh, nice. no, Donald, <laughs> yeah. very exciting it to start- have you. <laughs> yeah. It starts on a bad note. It starts on Gorilla doesn't know his name. Arno, Donald. Then secondly, it st- it starts to like Art Donovan is asking too many questions, but it's not like annoying yet, right? No, it's I- just it's just like. What's stuff about Luna? Who's like, that girl over there screaming? And yeah. like, what's the guy in the white suit? It's somewhat charming at the beginning, right? Gorilla, is he dead? Yeah. Gorilla, is he dead? Oh, definitely not. Every single match, it's suspiciously like Art Donovan starts asking, like, how does that guy weigh? Is he a wrestler? And, and then, like, they'll, they'll explain. And, like, sometimes Randy Savage says it. Sometimes Gorilla says it, right? And then it, start, it starts getting to a point where it's like, that's not fair. <laughs> it's like he starts, like, pointing, poking holes into, yep. like, the weight limits yep. on, like, and saying how, like, that guy's going to kick his ass. Like, you know, <laughs> basically, you know what I mean? Like, he just starts... Having issues with the weight, like a big time, big time, and then with the one, two, three, he's like, he looks like a boxer. Yeah, <laughs> like all these things he keeps saying. He keeps saying all these things that just do not fit what they're trying to sell you. Right, and that's the one thing about commentary is, as much as we like making fun of it, when it goes under the radar, mm-hmm. it's usually because they're just doing what they should be doing. Yeah, there's one point where Art says something. Girls like, I didn't hear you, Art. Like yeah. clearly did, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah. and Savage is like, that's okay. Gorilla is the partner getting any uh, any air at all. Uh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's like to me always the breaking point of the show right. where there's like that divider, yeah. right? Where Gorilla's not fucking acknowledging him anymore. Randy Savage has to like cut the audience some fucking mercy and yeah. like respond to him. The irony being too. In this whole thing, from everything I've heard about the two men on commentary, Gorilla loved everybody and was very nice and genial. Yeah. I mean, he he pulled no punches <laughs> and he would tell you if you sucked and all that, but he was nice. And Savage was actually the one that was harder to work with, you right. know, as, a, as an announcer. But <laughs> the but fact Go- that it leads Savage to have yeah. to break it. Like, Savage took compassion on him, I think. Yeah, and Gorilla's yeah. like, I'm fucking done with this. Yeah. You know, they get annoyed with him quickly. Randy Savage has to like... <laughs> Like, get between Gorilla yeah. and Art, basically. Moderate, basically. Yeah, yeah. But again, on one hand, I don't blame Gorilla or Savage for dealing with it the way they did. They have a job to do. Vince isn't there. It's like the only pay-per-view that he's never <laughs> been at, right? So Vince isn't even there. They have to get this shit over. Gorilla wasn't even supposed to be announcing this to begin right, with, right. right? So he's probably like, ah, fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do this. <laughs> and you have Art Donovan, who they told him, they told him... <laughs> come to the show, sit on commentary the whole time, and just be yourself. So he's doing what he just does. He's being himself. Hey, you know, that, that'll hurt your balls, or whatever yeah, he says. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Randy, what? Randy, 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 you know, yeah. over and over again. Hey, Randy. Is he going to win? What does he do? Throw him out of the ring? Like, yeah. all these questions. He's What's just, that girl win? <laughs> he's just being a fan. Yeah. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He has no clue what any of this is. It's it's incredible. It It really is... It really is so fascinating because it's it's one of the only times I've ever seen Gorilla just completely just give, up. give up on something. Yeah, like, seriously. On, on, on the air. I've never seen it happen. He's just like, I, I can't do this, basically. This guy is not a professional. I can't. You, you can hear it in his tone of voice. Like yeah. he, he starts ignoring things that Art says. He doesn't. He stops addressing him. I can't imagine what the like the final seconds of that pay-per-view were like after they went off the air and just Gorilla <laughs> just like, just, I can't. He probably took his headset off, like just kind of dropped it and just left. Lit a cigarette. Lit a cigarette, went to gamble or something. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so Art Donovan, I feel bad for him because 
He didn't I ask to be though, there. No, because how did he not read the room after a certain point? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? He like, did uh, calm down a little bit as the show went on. He's, Gorilla really kind of clearly makes makes the point be known that he is not welcome at a certain <laughs> point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But at the same time, he didn't know what he was doing. Also, though, I got to be fair. He doesn't say anything derogatory about wrestling. He doesn't call it fake. He might not even know that it's fake. Here's the thing, though, Joe, is that just his demeanor, it really degrades everything. Even if he's not intending to. He didn't intend to, but it does. It does. It does put, drag everything down. It puts a mark on this show that it otherwise wouldn't have. Because, And we'll do this in full in December. We'll yeah, because this to show this has one. that like, really fun one, two, three kid Owen Hart thing. A lot of the matches are pretty solid. I mean, and Brett Diesel's good. There's some good stuff there's on some it. Good, yeah, so there's good shit, but it's just this show will forever be remembered for Gorilla, how much does this guy weigh? Yeah. Which is lovable. Yes, Art Donovan. <laughs> yeah. And like. It's right. like, Ardo Donald! Ardo like, those Donald. like three things, mainly. Yeah. So it's memorable for that. Yeah. Just yeah. the way just the way uh, WrestleWar 90 is known for Robocop and it right. overshadowed the good show. So those are some criteria I think we have to think about. But it's right. I mean, we've said a lot on Art Donovan. We've talked about him before. And again, we will be talking about this show in full uh, in December, I believe it is, on right. the pay-per-view canon. So I think it's ranking time, right? I think we've said enough it's about, about Art. Okay. Yeah. Let me run them down real quick for you guys. Number one is Herb. Two is Clara Peller. Three is Leno. Four is Susan St. James. A stellar list. Very stellar. Quinn Robocop. Robocop. Okay. So like I've said, I maybe I'm gonna be the the lighter here with Robocop. I don't like whatever. It's like two seconds. I don't mind it that much. But is it worse than Susan St. James? Yes. It is worse than Susan. Again, Susan was whether she was there or not because of Dick Abersall, and I'm sure she was because it was mm. her husband. She really... She delivered. She didn't ask questions the way Art Donovan did. She, she knew what was going no, she's on. She's no Art Donovan, that's for sure. She, like, knew the storyline. Yeah, she like, didn't detract from the show or anything. She kind of just went with it. She cheered on the faces. Yep. She said, uh-oh, a bunch. That but was she, her only thing. It was, like, the crutch, right? She, but she wasn't embarrassing as far as a, yeah. an announcer. It's like, 45 minutes or something. Right. Like, it's, it's not even the whole show. Right. Okay. I think RoboCop... Oh, he's worse than Jay Leno. Is, I think he's worse than Jay Leno because, well, Leno wrestled, though. That's everyone's big yeah. problem is that Leno actually wrestled and I, Hulk Hogan sold for him. Robocop did exactly what they needed him to do, and I hate to say that, but I, see, this is gonna, what's going to keep, I think this is what's going to anchor him from being like the worst is that, like, here's the thing is I think Robocop is worse than Jay Leno. On what grounds? Just that it's like, I know all celebrities are misplaced. But like the big the big mark against RoboCop is like he's like highly fictional like he's like a fantasy like he doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all right yeah and also it really this was dumb it didn't help WCW I don't think but at the same time he served his like purpose he served his role in the match for, I hate that I, I, for better or for worse right yeah but you could just say that he shouldn't have had that role to begin with right all he did was like help a face escape or something from a cage right it's like that's it's all not, he did it's really all he did like and, and th- that was clearly what the spot called for right and <sighs> yes it's all it is like people are just mad because like it's robocop like really that's like their biggest gripe with it right yeah i mean i don't know that it helped wcw at all uh it did less buys capital combat than the previous pay-per-view so even hyping RoboCop didn't help the buys, yeah. apparently. I mean, RoboCop, it, it's not 1987. Let's True. put it that way. He's not at the height. Or and anything. the second movie hasn't even come out yet. Right. So that we don't know if it's good. Yeah. Not only that, though, Quinn, I mean, 
it has the stigma Capital Combat 90. I think I said Wrestle War earlier. I apologize. I meant Capital Combat. It has a stigma for being the RoboCop show when most of the matches are regarded as pretty good. Yeah, he did drag it down. So it worse but than Leno? He's worse than Leno, though. Leno didn't, like, the, didn't the Leno thing have the Goldberg versus DDP on it? And no, Sturgis no. or whatever? Well, Goldberg uh, won a Battle Royal. Oh, That's sorry. a good way to use your champion. Yeah. Put him in a Battle Royal. Well, you got to make sure Jay Leno is featured. Let's try him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, is, it, wait, is, is RoboCop really worse than Leno? Jay Leno wrestled on a pay-per-view. Yeah, which is... A 48-year-old I, comedian. I think that's better than ripping a door off that was probably gimmicked to begin with. Um, probably gimmicked? Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, you never know. RoboCop it, This is a highly be, realistic setting. Uh, RoboCop so. could be really strong. He's that's made true. of metal. It is true. They, his whole body's fucked up. It's, remember, only his like, face yeah, retained kind in, his, of. in his brain. Yeah. And he remembered his wife and kids. I, yes. Yeah. Um, so you want to put... You think Robo is worse than Leno? Yes, but I don't think Robo's worse than Claire. Why? Because don't don't do this to Claire. <laughs> this is don't the, do this to Claire. Here's, Peller. here's the biggest issue. She's so nice, Claire. Um, I don't. She didn't even do what she was supposed to. I know, but like, she was only the guest she's time. Fucking keeper. horrible. Maybe she kept time. Yeah, no, she didn't. She might have. She she, could, she couldn't even speak into a microphone. You don't. think she can run a Timex like? <laughs> Maybe a Casio. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I just no. You can't put Clara Peller above RoboCop. She's worse than RoboCop. She is not worse than RoboCop. What? Oh come on! Quit. Ro- it's RoboCop. Came in for two fucking seconds. Ripped the door. He did something. He actually did something. Give him some fucking credit here. Come on, it's Alex fiction. Murphy, baby. It's fi- like, but it's fiction. He's got to get a paycheck somehow, RoboCop. This is more embarrassing than Clara Peller or Herb. I don't know about that. What? Claire Peller is pretty fucking... I mean, we were laughing our asses off about this show. Let's not act like she's... Come on. I'm not saying she did a great job. I'm just saying she's old. It's To me, RoboCop is a different kind of embarrassing than Claire Peller. They're both embarrassing. It's just... I The one thing I can say is RoboCop like did what he was supposed to do. But why was he there to do it? <laughs> to save Sting when he was in the cage. Why do they have to do this? Because, you know, cross-promotion, RoboCop is bigger than WCW, definitely. I don't know at this point. Mm. Mm. I don't uh, know. It, I, I feel very I feel very I funny. I just feel bad for Claire. I do. Like, I think Herb and, and Claire are worse than RoboCop. What? I do. How? First of all, fucking Herb, are you serious? The, the tippy-toe dance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Twiddly-diddly-dee dance? What the fuck even? Both of these, what even are they? Burger representatives. Yeah, exactly. RoboCop is like a million dollar movie. But he's not real. But he he did. He, kids like it. Kids like it. I mean, th- let's let's give WCW credit in the, a little bit here. I'd rather they not. They didn't pick something that was like completely fucking weird and obscure like Herb and Claire Peller. Well, I mean, Herb was known. It was just stupid by then and so was Peller. Yeah, um, but at Where's least the beef Ro- lady? RoboCop was still cool. It was... Maybe the appearance wasn't so hot, but it wasn't like it also wasn't like I don't understand the idea that it's like a complete embarrassment. All he did was like come out and like help a face that's also popular with children like get out of a cage. It's because it's a fictional character. Claire Peller and Herb are fictional characters. Claire Peller is a real person, Quinn. And don't you ever make fun of Clara. Herb is definitely not real. That's a fictional character too. Yeah. It is. Both these things are fictional. So Susan Jameson. St. James and Jay Leno are themselves. For better or for worse. That's the line right there. I think that, what do you mean that's the I line Robocop right there? I is, is, is very much in the middle. That's, that's fair, right? 
I don't think he's like the worst. I think Art Donovan's going to easily be the worst. I don't think so. Oh all my right. God. Are you serious? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> all right. Robocop at number three because yeah. I, I don't. Fine. Just fine. Okay. It's, it's like whatever. It's still very bad. It's a footnote compared to Claire and Herb. They're hilarious. They're like legendarily bad. Okay. Like. All right. All right. Come on. Art O'Donnell. Art O'Donnell. So, to me, this is like, well, let's put this him up. is a fucking all-timer, man. Like, let's let's I, put, him up, put him up against fellow guest commentator Susan St. James. Horrible. He like, is horrible, yes. The, he completely took away from the show. Now, we he love like, him. ruins everything. We love him, but he, he, like we said, he interrupts at inopportune times. Every single moment that he <laughs> yes. speaks is bad. Like, I don't know any other way to put it, Joe. This is, this is fucking horrible. So you're saying that he's worse than Jay Leno? Oh, he's got to be worse than Jay Leno, without question. But Jay Leno wrestled. Yeah, but he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't take away from the show. Like, he didn't. Like, he did an arm lock on Hulk for, like, a minute. And people hated that, that he did that. Well, F them. It's fucking <laughs> fake. Like, I get Robocop! But, but you're not supposed to say that it, that's not real. Like, you're not supposed to act like it's not real, is my yeah, counter-argument. Here's my, here's my thing. is when the celebrities or something outside of it, all bets are off. It's just whatever. Yeah, but people don't like that, is what I'm saying, and that's why it's considered bad. You want people to watch it? Because this shit is not more popular than Jay Leno, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love wrestling. I really do. But Jay Leno is a bigger deal than fucking WCW. Like, <laughs> like just, can we be honest here? So, so with that- Can we all admit that our hobby is a niche hobby? It, it is. is. It like, is. Like, can we? Even at its most most mainstream, that's always short-lived and yeah. not for long, you know? Exactly. The things that come in, even fucking RoboCop was a bigger deal than wrestling. Like, <gasps> let's, let's be fair here. <laughs> Can we? So with that said, you think that Art Donovan is worse than Jay Leno? Yeah. Okay. Is that because Jay Leno at least respectably tried to wrestle? Yes, I, I, have, to, the I have show. to hand it to him. He put he he brought Hulk on the show to promote this. And okay, he contributed. Art Donovan versus RoboCop <laughs> in a sentence I'm sure I never thought I'd say. Here's the how thing. much does RoboCop weigh? Here's the thing: is RoboCop the reasons for the why he detracts from the show are all wrestling fan reasons. They're not like actually detracting from the show. Well, it like is from, a, a very from, short segment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like from a, from a like, and actually delivering and doing what he's got to do. Like Art Donovan came on and I really think they thought like, oh, he'll be good on commentary. We'll have right? a few he, laughs. He, he, have a few laughs. That will work perfectly with Gorilla who also can kind of hang with the, this, yeah. this guy was fucking annoying. He talked too much. Yes. He talked at inopportune times. And again, I don't blame him because he just doesn't know. It's not right. like he did it on purpose, but he still did it. This is like, I didn't think it was fucking possible to like be this bad on commentary. Art Donovan is like next level shitty on com- Of all the like bad commentators we've seen over the years. Yeah. I, this is an effort that, that trumps the worst of the worst that I, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? No, he's really bad. I think Missy Hyatt could be better on commentary than Art Donovan. Could. No, she could. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, it's it's like, I didn't think it was possible, is my point. It's th- right. That's how fucking horrible it is. All right, we'll put him above RoboCop. I, I agree. I yeah. mean, he's on the whole show, and it's not good. Yeah. It's ill-advised. This was a bad idea. This should not have happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, RoboCop shouldn't have either, but this is the whole show. This is so bad, though, is that I don't even think the WWF 
could have anticipated how bad this was. Oh, I don't think so. Like this, this I, I That's still the thing. like I still can't believe how horrible. To this day, I watch it and I'm just like, it almost feels like you got to feel bad for like Kerwin in the back, like people directing this. Richard, all of those like, guys, Patterson. The nightmare that after they realize after the first half an hour ish that yeah. this is going south, they're like, "Shut up! Stop! Stop! And it's stop. like, how do we like mitigate this? Yeah. And they're probably like giving tips to like Gorilla and Macho to be like, just like ignore him here, um, talk to him <laughs> there, like just like trying trying to like like making the damage as little as possible. Right. It's it's like it's like you've infected the show, <laughs> and the doctors are trying to treat the problem, treat the wound like live. Yeah, you know. Okay, so right now he's at number three. So we got to put the Battle of the Senior Citizens here. Uh-huh. Art Donovan versus Clara Peller. I mean, it, the description I just laid out for you of Art Donovan, he's got to be worse than Claire. Well, because she's only three seconds, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's a humorous, ha-ha, they fucked up, like, okay. you know, like, thing. Is Art Donovan worse than Herb? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is, right? Oh, 100% worse than Herb. Now, I want to make it very clear as Art Donovan moves to number one. Art here. O'Donnell. Well, Art, Don- Art O'Donnell. I... Don't blame Art Donovan, the it's man. Not, it's not Art Donovan's fault. Yeah. Right. This is like, again, everyone fucked up here. Yes. This is not just Art Donovan. Right. It's the fact that they asked him to do it. Yeah. It's a perfect storm. It's, yes. Like, they like they didn't, they didn't realize what they were getting. Right. Art Donovan didn't know what the fuck no, he was doing. doing. And Vince isn't there. Vince isn't there. <laughs> right. Gorilla just, like, the... The rare, like, getting beyond Gorilla's patience yes. is, like, I've never seen that happen before. Macho Man having to, like, mediate Macho Man? Yeah. Are we kidding here? Like, honestly, if Vince was there on commentary, like he would have normally been in 94, I wouldn't have been surprised if after an interview, you know, we come back and Art's just gone from the table. Right. Yeah, like you know? Vince just calmly is like, All right, Art, t- thank, t- you. T- thank you, Art. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it was real great having yeah. you. Like, Vince, like, very diplomatically, Absolutely. like, getting him out of there. And then he walks to the back, like, during an interview and waves. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. everyone cheers him, and that's it. Yeah. And we come back, and it's just Vince and Randy. Right. That might have happened if Vince had even been in the building. Right. But he wasn't. Right. So I can agree. Because, and again, I find it very funny. It's yeah. not that I think it's like, yeah. I love the Art Donovan stuff. My favorite part of us knowing what Vince would do is that Vince would like let him off soft. Because, yeah, you he know, he, he doesn't want to burn a bridge with like a, yeah. somebody who's known. And he knows it's not his fault. Yeah, you know? exactly. But man, I can't believe they kept him on the entire show. It's insane. I think it was Pritchard running things, Pritchard and Pat running shit because Vince wasn't there. And they just let him on the I entire can't show. Nobody made an executive decision. Right. Just like, like it just it's, and like just to, told Vince like, look, like <laughs> this was not going to work, Vince. We're sorry. Quietly escort him out of here, please. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let him hang out with like uh, Samu in the back or something, yeah. and just talk. Somebody could have gotten a raise for doing that. Actually, <laughs> there might be somebody who's like running the company now because that decision was made, and Vince like was like, "Wow, we made, we made a really good decision." Good job, and, pal. Yeah. But I do think that Art Donovan does, unfortunately, put a stigma on the show that it doesn't deserve. It's yeah. a pretty good show for 94. It's decent. It is. I mean, again, well, I haven't seen it in a long time on purpose, but we'll be getting to it in full. But yeah, okay. I can put Art Donovan at number one. It's notoriously dependably bad. Yeah. You know? There's every time I try to rewatch it, I'm like, it, it can't be that bad. It, no, it's bad. No, he, he's, it's, he's it's actually... It's fucking believable. He's actually a hindrance. Yeah. This isn't just Susan <laughs> St. James saying, uh-oh. Yeah. This is him being extremely unpalatable and just, it's not good. Yep. Okay. 
So we'll lock it in. Yep. Art Donovan for number one. Yes. All right, folks. So for week number three here, number one, how much does Art Donovan weigh? Number two, Herb. Three, Clara Peller in the Burger Wars here. Number four, <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> it is bad, Quinn. <laughs> it is bad. Number five, uh, Jane Leno here. And number six, uh-oh, it's still Susan Tangent. Very well-deserved being at the is best of the worst. It, She's fine. Yeah. Uh, so that is the Royal Flush for week number three. Be sure to let us know what you think. Do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Join the group or shoot us an email. But when we come back, we are going down south. It's wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. We think it is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and that is coming up right after this. RoboCop, part man, part robot, all cop. The ultimate in law enforcement, RoboCop and the Ultra Police, the only cops with rapid repeat cap firing. He's unstoppable. Battling the worst criminals, Headhunter and Nitro. (laughs) The Ultra Police, protected by Robo Armor, bring RoboCop even more firepower. In the fight for justice, nothing can stop. RoboCop, RoboCop and the Ultra Police, each sold separately with RoboCaps. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 236. Quinn and I just got done checking how much every wrestler weighed. Yeah, in all honor, of them. Everyone of ever. Yep. Yeah, It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pounds. Anyway, folks, we are reviewing something, Quinn. We are. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, yes. Uh, That's it. It's been a long time, actually. I looked it has it. been a bit since we've been back to the mountains. We've only reviewed two episodes of this ever. Really? In all of these episodes all these we've years, done reviews. Right? Yes, yeah. literally. Only two. And this one is uh, by courtesy of Jose Corona, who requested this one. I just want to mention, you guys can put in specific episode review requests over on our Facebook group. Right. There's an announcement post. Just go over to that. Put in a YouTube link or an anything link or put in the date and the promotion. What we're doing is we're accepting anything, but the one hour syndicated show or one hour shows, you know, with commercials, one hour are the most likely to get reviewed. Here. Yes. If it's over an hour, you're, it's probably not happening. It's going to get into the live review category, which we don't do as many of those, you know, right. specials. So if you want us to review some, just put an episode there. It could be WBF or it could be anything. And Jose Corona here, he asked for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, March 12th, 94. Now, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain. I'm not sure if the mountain is actually smoky, but um, <laughs> we'll find out. We're right? back, baby. We've done it. And it was Jim Cornette's promotion. Yeah. From- <laughs> Jim Cornette. From 91 to 95. You know my feelings. Oh, I do. Now, the crux of this, Quinn, was why don't we just set wrestling back a little bit, but not a lot. You know what I mean? That's the most Jim Cornette idea for promotion ever. <laughs> right. Like, it's not going to be like the 70s. It's going to be like, I don't know, 1984, 1986, right. something like Jim that. Jim Cornette was successful. Yeah. Let's just rewind the clock. That way I can still succeed. Now, to be fair... Smoky Mountain is well regarded for a lot of fun storylines. It is. It does have some fun stuff it on it that isn't, uh, it's actually like oddly like newish. 
Yeah, for truthfully. Its, yeah. The gangsters went down there. Some some good stars were actually came to prominence down there. Tammy Lynn Sitch. Yeah, Tammy Lynn Sitch is one of them. Uh, Brian Lee was down there. Chris right. Candida. A lot of good people. And obviously some people that were successful in the Southern Wrestling or in the NWA. Right. We'll see some of them. We like to make our fun. But honestly, I like watching it. It's, it's I don't good. mind it. Their it's, stuff it's, is it, actually good. It is good. fine. Yeah. It is. It's just there's a lot of also like flavor to it that I don't like. Is it hickory smoked flavor? Yeah, it's hickory. All right. <laughs> hickory. And uh, Mike Mills and Book in the Territory used to do a, a second show where they did Smoky Mountain. Uh-huh. So this would be right up their alley. So, Mike, this is for you. Let's find out what's going on, Quinn, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, March 12th, 1994. We got the usual intro, and I think the song is great, by the way. It's perfect for 1986, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're welcomed by the one and only, speaking of him, Bob Cottle. From the mountain's local high school gym. Uh, of course, Quinn. That's, is, this, is this like at the base of the mountain? I think it's near the This takes place on the Smoky Mountain, right? I believe so, okay. yeah. And Bob Cottle, of course, reminds us that this is professional wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. Welcome to another exciting action-packed hour of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Professional wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. We'll see. Bob is here with Dr. Dirty Dutch Mantel. Okay, why is he a doctor this week? I don't know. I've never heard him call himself a doctor. Just dirty, right? Not Dr. Dirty. Dirty Dirty Dutch. Hi, wrestling fans. I'm Bob Cottle along with Dr. Dirty Dutch Mantel. Dirty over here is spinning a basketball ball wearing his sweatpants. Looking all sweaty, by the way. Yeah, he should go to the Facebook uh, dot sweat group. Yeah, he really, he could fit in right there. <laughs> I love Dutch Mantel, oh, by so the way. Do I. I'm a big fan. I love, I love Bob Cottle also because he's so vanilla. Like, yeah. he's so inoffensive, but, but, but pleasant. D- Dutch Mantel, that's a guy who's seen fucking everything. Oh, yeah. He's been everywhere. Hell of a worker, hell of a talker. He's yeah. he's good. Yeah. Dutch is There's good. No, it's always, it never surprises me when WWF, like, randomly will hire him <laughs> as, like, a consultant. As because, something. like, why wouldn't you, like, it's always like, why wouldn't you just want that knowledge? Just a good like, mind for the business. He's just good. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Cuddle now hypes up the big bluegrass brawl coming up, and there's going to be a loser leaves Smoky Mountain match between the Heavenly Bodies and the Rock and Rolls. Dutch then brings his hat over and draw draws out Killer Kyle's name for a match tonight against the Beat the Champ TV champion, the Hornet. Because apparently that's how matches are made around here. Literally. We just, we, usually we don't tell you the matches, <laughs> but this one we have to we because have to. this is how they made the match. Yes. So the Beat the Champ TV champion is essentially what we just saw. Every week, Dutch draws a name out of his hat. Literally out of his hat, by the way. And the champion has to defend it against whoever that name is. Right. We've seen this, but we did a Smoky Mountain, ironically enough, the week after this, but like two years ago. Oh, well, then that would be why the way I remembered it was uh, Killer, Killer Kyle, Kyle was the champion. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so we actually did this, but it was like two years ago. Right. Anyway, down to ringside where our first match is in the ring. First one, we have Larry Santo looking moody. Who? I don't know. <laughs> just Larry Santo. <laughs> His opponent is Bobby Blaze, who I do know, and he's dressed in this really weird, odd flame gear. He's apparently not the jobber. But it's really hard to tell, like, to be quite honest with you. I know. Like, Bobby Blaze, again, very timely here for 1986. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he really does fit. Huh? 1986, yes. Mark Suspenders Curtis is the referee. Huge mullet, by the way. Oh, my God. It's so fluffy. It's so fluffy. It's like a poodle. He looks like a train conductor, too, <laughs> he, right, I lo- with the suspenders. I love Mark Curtis, for the record, one yeah, of my favorite refs. I do, too, but he's very shiny time station here. Ringo or George Carlin? Oh, according I, to you, they're the same. I, well, I think he's more George Carlin. Okay. In this case. That's my opinion. For those of you that don't remember, Quinn thinks that uh, George Carlin is imitation Ringo. Yeah. You know, because they sound the same. That is Shiny Time Station. They played the same character. Mm-hmm. The conductor. Yeah. Well, it may be new, but it's not a train schedule. My pleasure, Billy. I got the whistle working. 
Anyway, side headlock by Blaze here. As I can see, the windows at the top of the basketball court. <laughs> I noted that as well. Fucking ridiculous. Well, I mean, this is where Cornette is very successful, is in high school gyms. Right. Anyway, head scissors by Santo. As Bob Cottle plugs the Smoky Mountain Wrestling School, you can call 615-587-1273. <laughs> by the way, the Smoky Mountain Wrestling School is now open, fan. Well, they need more people to work here, don't they? So <laughs> Yeah, they, you know what? To be fair to them, they really do have some good names that pass yeah. through this place. They really do. Uh, it's true. It's true. This, to be fair, I, I make a I make a bunch of jokes in this because it's, it's funny to make fun, but this is more of a development territory, let's be honest. And Corny, even, even yeah. in ninety four. And Corny had his working relationship with Vince at this time. Right, exactly. Since ninety three. This this was never meant to take on the WWF no, or WCW no. or anything we, like it, that. It was meant for Cornette to do something he loved mm-hmm. and to help other promotions yeah. by having a talent exchange. So just know that. I'm, I'm making some jokes, but it's just... Yeah. yeah we know is. what this is. We know what it is. And what yeah. it's supposed to be. Front face lock now by Blaze. Takedown and we'll cover for two. The ropes are all yellow, by the way. Very developmental. As uh, we get hammer lock by Blaze. Elbow out by Santo. Irish whip back elbow. The announcers and I'm not kidding here, are actually calling less moves than I am. They're barely calling moves. They're, They're talking just talking. They're talking about all the bullshit going yeah. on in the mountains here. Uh, the Moondogs. The Moondogs, uh-huh. Lee Candido, uh, uh-huh. Smothers, Dirty White Boy, and then Rock and Roll are heavily bodies, but one of those teams will be exiting Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And that's not a complaint. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. As Santo takes over for a while with punches and a body slam for two, get now a chin lock by Santo. Can we move it along here? <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah. That's Say, yeah, the chin lock in the opener. Mm. By, the, by the jobber, by the way. Yeah, by the jobber. <laughs> that, that, that immediately prompted the, can we move it along here? Quinn does not like that. Anyway, a high knee by Blaze here and a crummy drop kick as Santo begs off. Corner whip by Bobby Charge and a stinger splash. And then a nice Northern Lights by Bobby Blaze gets the win. And after that, I have to say, at least it was quick. Yeah, it was like fine. It was just the headlock gave me bad vibes. Oh, I know. No, because sometimes know? we get into an NWA show where uh, you have an eight-minute opener and it sucks. Oh. Anyway, this this was fine 80s wrestling. Yeah. I have no problem with this. As we now go over to Bob Caudle with Tracy Smothers here to hype up the ladder match that he has coming up with Chris Candido. Yeah, and basically, Freddie Joe Floyd has like a ladder match at Skip coming up and... <laughs> They're going to fight or something. Yes, in WWF terms. Right, yeah. So Tracy explains the rules of a ladder match for all the newcomers here in 86. And uh, he says, I'm going to do my dead level best to scale that ladder like a cat. Ladder match. The ladder is going to be on the outside of the ring. All you got to do is put that ladder in the middle of the ring, climb up it. Hey, man, all the stuff you've done to me, all the frustration you've called, you're the cheatingest guy I've ever been in the ring with. Gee, golly. This <laughs> promo was very cringe, Joe. Well, you know what? I like Tracy Smothers. I do too, but he's not a good promo. Not here, anyway. Maybe he's been good in the 80s. Yeah. He's not a good talker. Not a great talker. I like him in the ring. He's just really bad on. This was not good. I I agree. Uh, Bob Cottle is all happy about this as he throws us to break, and we come back to the announce table where the announcers recap how the dirty white girl, yeah, she's here. She's training Quinn to take on Tammy Fitch. This will probably be fun. Anything Tammy was in in Smoky Mountain is good, by I the like way. I like this whole dirty, yes. dirty white girl, yes. Tammy. Brian and Lee. Brian, I like that whole thing. That, Why that, is it so good? It's fun. <laughs> I know. Like, because it's like, it's got this like soap opera-ish thing going bit. on where it's like the girls are fighting even harder than the guys. Yep. And like, they, they always have to hold them back. They're yep. like, and, and Brian Lee and like dirty white boy are kind of just like, well, you know. We, we got sucked into this yeah, shit. Yeah, we got sucked in. Like, it, it just, I always like angles like that. It works. And I like the dirty white boy works as a face too like I, it's just fine i also like the dichotomy what dichotomy between like tammy 
playing this character of like this Hillary Rodden Clinton That's fan the idea. and like yep. dirty white girl. Like, you know, the description says it all. Yeah, yeah basically. It's, just, it's really fun. She really cranks it up to yeah. dirty white girl. It's, She's good. It's, it's fantastic. So we throw to a clip where the white girl attacks the Hornet. <laughs> Remember him? Remember yeah. the Hornet? Yeah, Before him. Tracy Smothers hits the ring, chases Brian Lee out of the ring, and that's all. Wait, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, I thought we were going to get more. No, that's it. Bob is now with Dirty White Girl and Dirty White Boy, Tony Anthony. And Tony Anthony is heroic, as always. Even the fat edition from this the 90s. This guy should be an unsung hero over here. He's fucking good, man. Every single thing other than Teal Hopper, which is like they're intentionally like trying to yes. screw him over. Well, not screw him over. Whatever, just, they just don't have a role for him. They're just making him a plumber. Yeah, but like... He's great. He's like an all-timer. For like, this style, yes. Even, he's a continental too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's oh, just yeah. fucking fantastic. If you're... Uh, listening and you're only a WWF fan because we do have those I know yeah. that we do that only watch WWF growing up or something like that Tony Anthony legitimately down in Continental down in the south in the 80s you might literally the 90s. only know him as T.L. Hopper yeah if you're a WWF fan but he's one of our favorites here it's just he's like just great everything he does is good <laughs> he's a great talker and he's a fun worker yeah he's just a he's even good in the ring yeah like, I, like, I can't say enough about this guy it's just such a weird thing that they just made him a plumber and just like nothing he didn't yeah. even talk the same way where he's like you know no they, it's they even broke that in wwf so for years i thought he was a joke yeah they and, like dismantled him yeah. in wwf like everything that was good about him they take all they strip it all off same thing with freddie joe floyd yeah tracy smothers honestly at least he could kind of like do some he stuff. still worked a little yeah. yeah but anyway tony anthony is actually the smoky mountain champion oh for the record well, he should be he's great <laughs> and he hypes up the big mix tag they have coming up it's gonna be him and dirty white girl against brian lee and tammy fitch i love all this i just mm-hmm. do dirty white girl has heroic 80s hair which of course is very timely for this promotion. Nineteen eighty six, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Dirty White Boy says the bottom line is we're going to show everybody how we got our names. She's got a meaner right hook than Mike Tyson. <laughs> so prime time, Bradley, what you need to do is you better take out a real good insurance policy for that little old turkey neck chicken leg thing running around with you. Fuck primetime Brian Lee. This is a great promo. It is. Yeah. Uh, Dutch is also dirty, by the way. So you got Dirty White Girl, Dirty White Boy. Dirty Dutch Mantel. A lot of dirt in the promotion. So, he's like Dutch. I was confused what Dutch is in this promotion, actually. Uncle Dirt? No, as far as heel or face. Only because, like, he seems to be, like, sometimes he, like, sides with, like, Dirty White Boy, I, I, I noticed. I think he's like, neutral. He's I, not a heel as an announcer, right? Right. It's it's weird. He's nice. Like, There's he, something where he, like, says, like, oh, that wasn't fair, and he's talking about a face getting, like, double yeah. teamed. And I'm like, what? I think he's neutral. Okay. Like Bob. Is Dirty Dick Slater here? That would really complete the dirt trifecta. So much dirt. That'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, Bob Cottle invites Dirty White Girl to stay and do some commentary, which is great. Yep. As we get a shot of somebody's bored sister or something in the crowd. <laughs> anyway, in the ring is Pat Rose, who looks like a 1983 jobber. He does. So a few years, much. Yeah. few years back, yes. The way uh, it used to be, Joe. <laughs> the way it used to be. And his opponent from Bucksnort, Tennessee, the Dirty White Boy. Dutch Mantel, by the way, gives Dirty White Girl his seat because he's so nice. Aw, see? He is a face. He's like, you know what, Bob? Here's what I'm gonna do. You don't think I'm gonna? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you my seat. See yeah. that? See? See how nice I am? It's funny. Um, she is a lady, and it's gentleman. Yeah, Southern charm, man. Mark Curtis still the referee. Is Dirty Backs Rosen in the corner? And Dirty White Girl gets on the mic and says she's got a good joke. I heard when Tammy Fitch was born, I said to the doctor slapping her butt, he reached up and slapped her mama in the face for producing such a waste. Oh, <laughs> she, she just keeps going on. She is something all right. Tell me about you know, it. You know, I hear that uh, when Tammy Fitch was born, instead of the doctor slapping her on the butt, he reached up and slapped her mama in the face for uh, producing such a waste. <laughs> oh, 
And then Dutch just kind of deadpans. You don't like Tammy Sitch, do you? Seriously, you don't like her. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Very deadpan. You don't. You don't like Tammy Fitz, do you? Seriously, you don't like her. Uh, leg drop by Anthony in the meantime in a punch while Mark, Mark Curtis gets so huffy about the punching. Yeah, he very loudly is like, watch it! Like, I've never seen Mark Curtis ever raise his voice to any wrestling. so pissed. Yeah. Cut that fucking punching out. Yeah. Anyway, more punching by Dirty yeah. White Boy. And then Bob and Dirty White Girl continue to talk about the whole Tammy Lee, Tammy Lee, the Brian Lee and Tammy thing while Anthony hits a back elbow. Pat Rose now. Remember how we were talking about jobbers getting bold? Yeah, this... Hey. <laughs> he thinks he's so good, starts hitting <sighs> some punches. Meanwhile, off in the distance, we hear the unmistakable voice of Tammy Fitch. Oh, boy, yeah. Because you can um, always place her voice. Mm-hmm. That, that certain frequency band of Tammy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We got a screaming match going on. What you doing, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, that frequency, that... <laughs> and we get a picture in picture now. Well, Brian Lee just, like, proudly standing next to her. Yeah. And Fitch is very sunny, like, already. I mean, she always really was. She always was, was yeah. Like, sunny is just Tammy. It's Tammy the same is thing. sunny. They're the same. It's just, sunny is when Tammy goes to the gym, and Tammy is when Tammy is going to, like, a flower party the, or something. The library. A party or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. Hillary Clinton edition. But can you blame Vince for signing her? She stands out immediately here. Everything about her. I mean, the look. I'm talking the, the look, look, talent. The, the talk, all the tools. Yep. That's something if WWF sees it is immediate. They know they could use her for a lot of things. Not right. just as a manager. They could. She could Anything. wrestle. A but commentator. They could, but they could. And they even used her in the event center. I mean, they knew she could. She could do PR. Yep. They could send her to the local yeah, county right. fair. The kids or, love her. Yeah, like everything. The preteens. Yeah, everything about her is exactly what they're looking for in 1994, 95. And you know how old she is here? 21. Just an incredible talent early yes. on. She really, truly is. Yep. In all seriousness. Anyway. As t- Fitch is getting all huffy here, Brian Lee holds the dirty white girl from behind, and Tammy rips off her shirt. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was a big uh-oh. So sudden- I didn't expect to see that on no, this show. No, brah? Yeah. <laughs> so suddenly, dirty white boy charges out. He comes over, he storms over, calls Lee a son of a b- which they bleep out, obviously. Yeah. But in the background of all of this, Bob Cottle is incredible. Here, put this coat on. Yeah. My heavens alive. They ripped her clothes right off of her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Here, put this coat on. Put his coat around you. Put the, my heavens alive. They ripped her, they ripped her clothes right off of her. I love, love Cottle from the, from the south over here. Yep. Just very 80s, which yeah. is appropriate here. It is funny, Coin, that they have Bob Cottle, too, of all people. I don't even people. know how they got him. Like, he seems too good for this. Oh, no. No I offense. Think he's I mean, this is an indie promotion. It is, but it's supposed yeah. to be. But anyway, Dirty White Boy flips the fuck out, and Bob Cottle sends us to commercial while, while holding up his coat. Yeah, this is pretty crazy for 1994, all of this. This is what I mean. So even though it was wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it, sometimes it's, it was new. It's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we go back now to Bob, who is with Chris Candido, another champion, but I don't know which champion he is here. I don't know. It must be noted he's not associated with Tammy in any way at this point. Uh, no, not right? that I know of. Yeah, no, the, I don't believe the, so. We don't know that they're dating or whatever, they are, think so. whatever they are. Are they married by this point? I don't even know. No, they're da- they're dating, though, okay. for sure. And yeah. Vince was interested in Candido first, and then... That's how he got wind of Sonny. Yep. But anyway, Skip here is all pissy about Tracy Smothers. Because it's my money that he's trying to get. It's not his money he's putting up there. It's mine. I already got it. I don't need this match. He says he's going to climb that ladder like a cat, like a cat burglar. He's a sucking story, man. And I got to say, 
I mean, I've heard Skip and I've heard Chris Candido talk plenty of times. Candido here really sounds like he's doing a Jim Cornette impression. I don't, yeah, he's different. It, but then again, Chris Candido in Smoky Mountain to me is always more of like a joke character than when he goes to ECW, he's a more serious character. Oh, like 98? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's more like a, like a, he's the comic relief. Well, you know what I termed him as? It's kind of like a Brian Christopher style heel. Yeah, he's chicken shit heel, yeah. like that kind of thing. Big mouth. Um, yeah. But he does call Tracy Tony Marinara. Which he also says is the most famous burglar in the history of Pennsylvania <laughs> specifically. <laughs> I don't talking about. No idea. Anyway, Candido, Candido says he's not a joke and I'm winning this fucking thing. And Bob Cottle, of course, does not want us to miss it. He now throws to a video package for the thrill seekers, Quinn. So we can find out. That's Jericho and Storm. Mm-hmm. We can find out how they got the name The Thrill Seekers. I really wasn't asking. <laughs> I don't care. So we cut to them standing in the woods with coats on. Jericho has like a frilly leather coat. Early 90s Jericho. Early 90s Big Jericho. Time. Uh, they're very Canadian here. As Jericho mm-hmm. mentions, uh, you know, people have been asking us about our team. Uh, we trained at the Hart Brothers camp. Sorry to hear that. Well, you know, even when we were training in Calgary, Alberta at the Hart Brothers camp, I saw that Lance would always take that extra little jump farther than the rest of the class. Apparently Lance was good at the heart house or something, so they became a team. You know, uh, Chris Jericho used to come over to my house, and uh, you know, my dad stretched him, and Lance Storm was a pretty good worker. I, I thought they were pretty good wrestlers, actually. That's what Brett would say, because yeah, he likes true. them. It's it's true. Nice Brett. Brett was definitely aware of these two, I would oh, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, they are good. I'm not going to lie. Like, Lance Storm's a good wrestler. No, they're boring. both great. <laughs> they're both great in the ring. They I mean, are. Lance just... Lance made it a gimmick that he was bad on the mic. That's how bad on the mic he was. I think WWF made that as gimmick, but yeah, Mm -hmm. still a great mind and, you know, generally and a good wrestler. But anyway, Jericho talks about how good Lance Storm is as Lance is just standing there like a giant doof. Did you notice it? Just while Jericho talks. It's true. And then we get another clip where Jericho says that they are the number one tag team in the world. I can't tell if they're supposed to be heel or face, by the way. I think they're face, right? No, they're definitely faces. But this is They're trying to make like a new rock and roll express. Like, gee golly, we're so good <laughs> yeah, you know, know. for the 90s, baby. But I think it's a little tongue in cheek too, right? I don't know. I can't tell. I'm, I don't know if this is like them going back to the wrestling the way it used to be thing. Like, I I always thought this came off as like earnest, actually. I like don't know. not Not tongue in cheek I at all. I think it is. I can't tell though. But Jericho says it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of training, and also, Quinn, the chicks have shot him down in like 10 different countries. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What is he talking about? So now we get a a fucking music video. This thing, Joe. You know how they used to do it for like the fantastic or the fabulous ones? Yeah, the way they used to do it. Yeah. Like it's 1986. Yeah. So we see the thrill seekers riding in go-karts. Boy. Lance has uh, Zubas on proudly. Jericho then takes him ice skating. The hell is this? Lance falls down. Now they're riding a giant rooster. Jericho's earrings are like bothering me, by the way. Like, this is not the Jericho I know. The dangly ones. Yeah. She's got her own earrings, a whole shoebox full of dangly ones. Then they go to a live bears thing. I get it. I get what it is. The ice skating, all this stuff. They're seeking thrills. Oh, well. Don't you get it? Don't, don't you, you just, just love don't it? Don't you just love it? Yeah. It's the way it used to be, mm-hmm. and the way you love it. Anyway, they 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 feed the bears, and we get to see Lance's blonde rat tail. It's all real. It's all real. For the record, the song here is called "Rock America" by a band called Danger Danger. Was, was that a big hit? No. I don't think so. No. I've never heard of it. Before. Like a glam metal band, but there were so many fucking glam metal bands in the late '80s when you, the song was from. Joe, you don't want to know on the network. 
the generic crap they play during this. It's, oh, I'm oh, sure. It's so bad. You didn't watch a network version, did you? No. Okay. I, but I, previously, all the Thrill Seeker stuff I'd only seen on the network, so right. it's actually nice hearing the real song yeah. for once because I... But it wasn't much better. I This came <laughs> off, I thought this was fake, too. I, this was so bad. It's very, very late 80s, like, pop glam metal. Yeah, it's you know? shitty. Anyway, Lance now feeds Jericho instead of the bears. Get it? They're so zany. Mm-hmm. And I swear to fuck, Quinn, this seems like someone doing a parody of, like, Miller Boyette opening credits. It really does. <laughs> I, halfway through, right? I, was like, I was like, are they going to, like, pan out? Like, reveal, like, some city in Canada or something. Right, right. Uh, you know what I mean? But this leads me to believe that they knew what they were doing. I really think this is on purpose. I can't tell, though, because here's the problem. What? With that thinking. Is they're still young. This costs money. I don't know how much leeway they had to, like direct what they were doing here well I think you know was, what i mean like i don't know if jim Cornette's like i'm gonna make them a big baby face tag team and we're gonna spend some money on this video they might have just done this themselves it looks I, like they recorded it themselves i don't know it's hard to tell because we think it's tongue-in-cheek because it's so corny now but i don't know again with the whole insistence on the way it used to i don't know yeah like no, I, I it's know. really really hard to tell if this is if they it, really mean this or if it's yes. just a deadpan like humor, it's, I right? absolutely cannot tell you. Maybe that's a uh, book in the territory question yeah. because I, I really can't tell you. But anyway, Quinn, they play a ski ball now and then some Japanese wrestling game in an arcade. I feel like nobody will believe us. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> they then team up to beat the arm wrestling machine together. I don't know what we're supposed to think. Are they dorks? Yeah, like, like, what, like, what are they? I don't know. Um, and I, I swear this is filmed with a camcorder. Mm-hmm. But they do the punch test now, then some snowball throwing. Then they jump onto a Velcro wall wearing a Velcro suit. It's so stupid. It's so good. It's so stupid. It's so bad that it's good, though. They then play whack-a-mole and then beat the fuck out of those moles. Mm-hmm. Lance, by the way, is wearing a shirt that just says ice, but just for that one clip. I bet you it was for, like, Molson ice on the back or, maybe. like, maybe the Molson part got faded off. I don't know. I don't know. Lance then happily wins a Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Jericho wins a much bigger one. I'm telling you, opening that, credits. Yeah, this was like step by step. That part where like Mark and Brandon get the dolls or whatever. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Is that, is, is that part or is it Stacy? What's her head gets it? It's not Mark. It's uh, JT. JT. Yes. Yeah. But remember the one with the fat ant like waving. <laughs> yeah, only, <laughs> only for in the like, first season. Only it's not. I think it's like half the first season. I mean, it's not even like the full. Where Mark is like. Dor- you know what I hate about that part? It's the it's the idea that like they're really putting it in your face that Mark is a wimp and he won't go on the roller coaster. Like that is what they're doing there. And it's, it's not what you think it is. Like it's very deceptive. And I always resented it later on because like as the younger kid, maybe you are still a little afraid to go on the roller coaster. Right. 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 And I was younger when that show came out and I was like, that's fucked up. Like that they would like make Mark like they're going to reveal his like fear of roller coasters like that. And it, uh, it was a mistake. And I'm sorry. It's the fat grandma, not the yeah. fat aunt, but they're right. both in the show yeah. for a while. The aunt too, that I don't even like remember. Ah, episode <laughs> with her like, The grandma I do, but the, the aunt, no, very, it's Patricia Darbo who, who's known for some other things, but, uh, she is in a few, but she, what is she? Carol's sister, right? Probably. Doesn't she work at the salon attached to the house? It doesn't matter. Maybe, that's later though. No, the salon's when always, Balky there in the, at the salon. Will you stop with Balky? No, the salon is there in the very beginning. When There's a door the, to it. When does the salon also is the kitchen, though? There's a point In the first where, season. Yeah. I no, promise not, you, I'm not like making this in up. The kitchen is no, what I there's mean. a door off the kitchen. I know. The salon. It's, it's like it's in between the stove and like the counter. I know what you're talking about, but like season one. I thought that was later because isn't that the whole reason they get Balky? 
I don't want to talk about the Balky era of Step by Step. It's yeah. very upsetting. Yeah. It's French. What's his name? Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. <laughs> anyway, we, we're, this video is still going as we cut to Jericho bungee jumping. You got to seek those thrills, Quinn. Yep. Then Lance does some bungee jumping. This is uncommonly long, by it's, the way. It's like half the show. It's like I, seven minutes or something. It's only a 44-minute show. <laughs> it's a lot. Jericho with a jumping spin kick now to a punching bag. With a triple replay Which, of that, by the way, but in case sport? it wasn't long enough. What, what is this Jean-Claude Van Damme movie here? It's like Jean-Pierre, step by step. Stop. All related. Stop it. Next, you're at the uh, Pigeon Forge heliport, <laughs> where the instructor is talking to, to them about helicopters, while Jericho... Jericho makes bored faces Which behind his back. Which is because, like, they're, they're trying to tell you, like, the safety things. Like, yeah. I was like, what an asshole. That's what I mean. Are they heels? Are they dorks? Are they cute? Are they funny? I don't know what they are. I don't like them, but they seek thrills. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Lance and Jericho now hop into a chopper, and we see footage of it flying. This is actually on television, Quinn. This, this is incredible. Is this the, what? This is the pan out, basically. Like, well, because the helicopter. Almost, just, yeah. Because yeah. now we get Lance on a horse, mm -hmm. and then Jericho petting his horse, and then racing it with Lance. Oh, happily. We finally end with Jericho petting a goat and then a freeze frame saying, the thrill seekers will rock America. This is just um, supreme content, Gwen. Yeah, sure was something, all right. Yes. But now it's time to get down and dirty with Dutch Mantel. The honorable Dutch Mantel. Such an honor. Yeah. But what was A lot of they, honor. They, they never, he doesn't even say honorable. Like, no. It's like, it's just only on this. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird thing. I don't get it, man. But Dutch Mantel is in the ring and he says, I'm Dutch Mantel and you're not. I am Dr. Dutch Mantel and you're not very nice of him to quote 1976 Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Dirty here hypes up the big Heavenly Bodies Rock and Roll Express feud where the loser, of course, must leave Smoky Mountain. That's a punishment? <laughs> like, that's an upgrade. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sorry. Uh, we cut to a busted open Ricky Morton getting his ass kicked by the Heavenly Bodies, Jim Cornette, and Killer Kyle. And then the Hornet wanders out. Cornette starts whacking everyone with his tennis racket all loudly. Yeah, it's like snapping on everyone. <laughs> yep. Robbie Eagle, who's a big jobber here too, wanders out, gets beaten down. The timekeeper, by the way, is shittily and lazily ringing the bell the entire time. It's a big mess. It's like tink, yeah, tink, tink. It's a lot of tink here to the point where like, and it went on for a bit to the point where I didn't have to take notes for a minute. Yeah, which was, was fun. Nice. It was a nice little break. Ricky Morton is in bad shape right now. They're having their way. They're trying to put Morton out for good. And, and the way it used to be and the way you like it. Yeah, Quinn. exactly. This is a pretty vicious beatdown, I'll say, for 1986 standards as the bell is just still going. It's very long. And I got the gist of it after like 30 seconds, yeah. but they showed it for like two and a half minutes. It is like, long. I was like, what the fuck? Cornette, by the way, proudly wearing light blue pants and a red jacket here. Yep. As the bodies hit the vegomatic on Morton, and then we get a very shitty edit to a pissed off Ricky. He's also very bloody. And he's in the locker room with Gibson, who says nothing. And this is um, where he actually challenged them to the Loser Leaves Town match. Right. And he has a good line. He says, one of us has to go, and it damn sure isn't going to be us. I thought it was a good promo very from fired Ricky. up. I thought this was fine. Yeah. The way it used to be. It was the way it was. And I used to like it. Mm -hmm. uh, back to Dutch now, who has the rock and rolls in the ring with them. Dutch sells how it's been... 10 years of Jim Cornette being a Ugh. huge pain in their asses. And he says that ever since they, Ricky says, ever since they reunited here in Smoky Mountain, every major wrestling federation has wanted them. They do? Rock and Roll Express? Well, they did go to WWF, obviously. That Remember? Did, that was They're on Survivor horrible, Series. Horrible. And a few other things. No one cared, but they were there. Literally, uh, no one cares. How many times I have to say this? Because they look like they're 80. Yeah, like, when, when they're like 30. They're like 37 here. I looked it up. 
Like, it's, like, insane. I don't even know how that's possible. They, they, I know, man. No, I understand. <laughs> Not even old! How do they look like this? They just do. Uh, Mort- <laughs> Morton says that Cornette was born with a golden spoon in his mouth, which is very rare, because yeah. usually it's a silver spoon. I just want to mention that, that Cornette had an upgraded spoon. Right. I'm just saying. Top spoon. Very big spoon. He is the big spoon. I don't want to think about that. Anyway, Cornette has never had to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, and he likes to embarrass people. Ricky has like an embarrassing tiger shirt on, by the way. (laughs) We want one thing, and one thing only. That is a match with the heavenly bodies that one of us has got to go. God, everything about them, they look like, I just, I can't get over the age look. It's like, I just don't. I don't understand it because they're not. They always looked old, though. Yeah. Literally always. Well, in the 80s, they didn't. Kind of. Specifically, Ricky looked young in the 80s. Gibson always looked old. Yeah, he always had that. The crazy part in the 80s, they're like (laughs) 20-something. Here, they're not even... Remember, They're not even old here. The only time they ever... It's really their hair, I think, is what ages them. Yeah. Because it's true. Because remember that time when they both cut their hair short? Yeah. And they looked a little better? No, they looked great. They looked like they were like... 31 tops. You know, they're Bret Hart's age basically here. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's nutty to <laughs> they, me. They look so old. Yeah. But anyway, they're tired of Cornette. They're tired of the bodies. That's why they want this cage match, this loser leaves town match. And apparently they did have a previous match where only the loser of the fall had to least leave town, uh, which was Stan Lane. The that- fact that that already <laughs> happened is sort of funny. Yes. Because it just goes to show how many times we've done this shit with the Rock and Roll Express. Yes. And this was the Stan Lane Pritchard version of the Heavenly yeah. Bodies. That's how they wrote Stan Lane out of there. Gotcha. And they got Gigolo Jimmy Dolan. But it is funny. They This is always, it's just like the body, uh, the uh, Express hate Jim Cornette forever. Yeah, it's so the what, same fucking shit for like 20 years. It's the way it used to be, Quinn. Mm-hmm. It's the way you like it. Anyway, Morton says, you know what? If we're not able to beat the Heavenly Bodies, I'm going to set down my boots in the middle of the ring and I'll take them off. Okay. Anyway, bottom line is that Bluegrass Brawl, a loser's going to leave town. Then we get a promo for the Golden Week 94 tour featuring all the top names in pro wrestling. The first team we see is well done. <laughs> anyway, there's going to be a lot of shows in civic centers and high schools near you. Honestly, not much different than the WWF in 94. Well, I must know one of the locations is the Richard M. Nixon Center. Nixon. Nixon. Anyway, go to one of these shows, okay? We come back now to Bob Cottle, who is with the Heavenly Bodies and Jim Cornette. Cottle mentions that we may not see these guys around much more. So- <laughs> yeah, all big face over yeah. here, like just shitting on them. Cornette's like, why don't I fucking hit you on my tennis racket? Yeah. You know. All right, fans, here they are. Take a good look at them. You may not see these three around very long. You know, you'd love that, wouldn't you, Cottle? Huh? You'd love that, wouldn't you? Well, I think, uh, you know what I I'd like I'd to do? Like I'd like to just take this top and I'd like to just hit you once, but I'm gonna save it. So Cornette cuts a typically great Cornette promo. The bodies are just farting around the whole time mm-hmm. next to them. They're just like, whatever they're doing. They're being goofy. Yeah. Uh, Cornette also says, it's not true that every major promotion called the Midnight Express, but yeah, the bodies went to WCW, beat everyone there, then they went to the WWF and they tackled the Steiners. Yeah, sure. We just watched the Steiners kick their fucking ass <laughs> like the whole match. Yeah. Like big jobbers against them. Tackled the Steiners. Yeah. My foot. Anyway, Cornette's great here, of course. Dr. Tom Pritchard then chimes in to piper it up, which is great. And we're going on public record right now, yeah. our right hand to God. We are not going to leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We will walk out of the cage in Pikeville, the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions. He's an excellent speaker, by the way, Dr. Tom. Just 
Is he better than Cornette? A little bit. <laughs> I'll stick by my guns here. Hey, you don't, yeah. We get a side for side. I, I have nothing to do week. with this yeah. one. Yeah, I'm, I don't get involved yeah. in this feud that you have with the fans about uh, yeah. Dr. Tom versus Cornette. I'm just having fun with it now, guys. I know. I know. Uh, Jimmy Del Rey makes faces the entire time Tom is talking. Looking extra junky, by the way. They're acting absurd, uh, yeah. these two. I love, I love how dumpy the bodies look. Oh, God. I, they I, look like slobs. Just Dr. Tom always scratching his hair and stuff mm-hmm. and... Jimmy Del Rey with like the Rick Rude imitation faces, you know. He like, thinks he's Rick Rude, but he he looks like Rick Poo. He, lo- like, he looks shitty. He does. He looks very crappy. He looks like Rick Pood. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the heels then gleefully walk away. I liked it. Back up to the ring now, where it's time for the beat the champ title match, Quinn. You've been waiting for this one. Big big one. <laughs> big title match here. The champion here is the Hornet. His opponent here is Killer Kyle. We've seen him one time, like mm-hmm. we said. He's dressed like a gangster, but he's got a violin case. Kind of looks like Hitman from those video games. Yeah, or what, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the white shirt, you yeah. know, the gun. Ca- anyway, his opponent from the nest. The, ch- <laughs> the nest, God, it's the Hornet. He looks like a fucking jobber, by the way. He's the champion. because he is a jobber, too. Yeah. Isn't a Hornet a killer bee? Maybe. That's interesting. Mm. But he's not one of the killer bees. No, he's their cousin or something. <laughs> cousin bee. Cousin B. Yeah. There you go. Blanche. Anyway, Bell lockup, shitty punches by the Hornet are just no sold by Kyle, thankfully. Duck under clothes on by Hornet, nothing. Huge press slam by Kyle. Killer Kyle. It's such a dumb name. I anyway, hate it it's so much. a poor name. Uh, big side slam gets one because Kyle gets up. Vertical suit play by Kyle gets two. Shitty pin. Look crappy. This is bad. Yeah. Irish whip by Kyle, elevated bear hug into a slam for three okay good it was fine whatever <laughs> title always changes on this. this title whatever this is beat the champ tv yeah, champ beat the champ paper or whatever <laughs> yeah well yes because <laughs> kyle's now the champion right so he takes the championship like paper or whatever <laughs> it's it is real it's paper it's like loosely for something it is it says you're the champion you're the champion motherfucker yeah down to Bob Cottle now, who is with Daryl Van Horn. <sighs> Wearing a fez hat. This guy, this reeks jobber, Joe. Let's see if you picked up on who this was. You didn't yeah, catch I who this know, was? I could tell this was somebody. It's somebody. But I just, you know what? He looks so shitty that I just didn't care. Yeah, I was going to look it up, and I just didn't. You want to take a guess or no? <sighs> I don't no. know. Who is it? It's the Sinister Minister. Yeah, James it, it seemed like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, this is not the one you know who's good. No, this is like this some, didn't last. This is some fucking bootleg shit right here. Yep, this is James Mitchell, Sinister Minister, James Vandenberg, whatever. But here, this promo struck me as kind of cornet-ish with a touch of Paul E. Dangerously. This is very much training. Well, I'm not worried about that right now, Bob. I want all of these Smoky Mountain scumbags out here in TV land to get their tongues out of their grandmother's mouth and stop felching the family dog. Anyway, the announcers now hype up the Bullet Bob Armstrong versus Dick Murdoch and Jim Cornette match. That's a lot of old and Jim Cornette in one match, huh? <laughs> a little too much for my liking, yeah. but you know what? It's the way it used to be. Cut to the bullet dress like my grandma's cousin's husband or something. I'm not even kidding. He looks like he should be snow blowing Coach Hayden Fox's driveway or something. Like he <laughs> what? Did, looks like he belongs on Coach with that get up on with Jerry Van Dyke and all yeah, those guys. Yeah, seriously, like I'm fine with it. And Dauber. Yeah, da- he really looks like he should be on that show. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Show's okay. I'm not a big fan of it. I like it. I know. Anyway, Bob makes fun of Dick Murdoch for being fat and does a very impressive for for Bob Armstrong Porky Pig impression. I kind of liked it. That that guy that's got a gut out to here that looks like Porky Pig. He then threatens to spit roast Cornette. You can make your own joke on that one, folks. Also, eat my fist, dick. Make your own joke on that one, too, folks. Mm -hmm. Bob says the bullet left him some clues. 
on how to deal with Cornette. That's very nice of the bullet to do that for Bob Armstrong. Like you know crumbs, what I mean? I guess. I yeah. Know. Remember the bullet? Yeah. It's not Bob Armstrong that we know. You know, he wears a, a mask. Guy. We don't know who it yeah. is. I have no, remember, he wears a paper mask when he's not like in his casual attire. <laughs> this is like casual mask. <laughs> yes. Let's him breathe a little it's bit more. Good. Anyway, this is a good promo because Bob Armstrong is great. I like him. Honestly, Quinn, anything I see of Bob Armstrong, I do like him. He's fine. He's, he's just he's he, good. He's very old here. That's the whole thing. It's the way it used to be. He, well, he didn't used to look like that, though. <laughs> that's, that's This is unfair. Well, why don't we cut now to big fat Dick Murdoch, who's like, I enjoy beating the shit out of people, especially when you get paid for it. That's in the join us in the retirement home. When was the last time he beat anyone up? In 1984? <laughs> Maybe. The way it used to be. Right? The way you like it. Anyway, he's, he's very much the way it used to be <laughs> over anybody else on this. Dick Murdoch, yes. Yeah. Um, he tells Jimmy Cornette not to worry because Murdoch is the fox guard in the hen house and we get a chicken or something. Bob Armstrong is the chicken. Something, something, chickens and barns. <laughs> what I, is I, talking I, about? I just didn't care. He then tells Bob that he's the one that has the illegitimate son who shot all the Iraqis during Desert Storm. And what an ass. This was a real. That's low some heel shit. Yeah, man. what yeah. the fuck? Brian Armstrong, obviously, yeah. Road Dog. Yeah. Uh, he then makes a reference to Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which Bill Clinton had implemented. Next up here, Captain Redneck tells Bob to go home and kiss his big, fat, ugly, stinking wife, the one that looks like Dusty Rhodes <laughs> with gray hair. That's how fat she is. Damn. That's a hell of a heel promo. Listen, I, I made fun of him, but damn, is he a heel. That's a heel promo. Yeah. My goodness. That's the way it used to be. The announcers chuckle <laughs> to break now before we're informed, Quinn, that hotel accommodations were provided by Days in Angelico, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't want to know what that's like. I'm sure by accommodations, it means they let them park in the lot and sleep in their trucks. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that would be a, a, an upgrade from the <laughs> rooms. From the cable TV and the non-smoking rooms yeah. they offer, yeah. Because <laughs> Gorilla said, yeah. hot and cold running rats. Of these I happen States. to have my own wing there. I'm sure you do. Yeah, with hot Nothing's and, too good for me. Hot and cold running rats, right? Let me see. <laughs> you know. Anyway, back to the ring for a tag match. In the ring, Timothy Well, Stephen Dunn, well done. In case anyone cares. No one does, really. Yeah. Uh, their opponents storm out to old-time rock and roll by Bob Seger. Old time is right. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Rock and Roll Express, of course. Looking, They're age 37, looking 56. Why do they look so old? They're under 40. I don't know, man. They're like our age. <laughs> like, how is this possible? They're not far off from us, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this will probably be good. Maybe. Uh, referees Mark Curtis, of course. Gibson and uh, one half a well-done start. It's, it's well. I made sure to find out. It's well. Okay? Yeah, it's very well. All is well. Uh, clean break in the corner. Circle lock. Upside head lock by well. Push off shuttle by well done. <laughs> Whichever one. It doesn't yeah, it matter. Doesn't, it really doesn't. <laughs> Hip toss by Gibson. Arm drag. Dunn gets in. Gets done arm drag there. Huh? Heels bail as the fans clap it up for the express there. Back inside as Bob Cottle wants us to uh, call Pam Lawson if we want personal appearances from anyone here in Smoky Mountain. Just call Pam, damn it. <laughs> Pam. Call Pam. So local. <laughs> very local. Also, I just want to mention, I haven't said this yet, but for the record, Dutch Mantel is a very good commentator. He's fine. He's I, a, uh, yeah. Good announcer. Like yeah. Uh, Morton in, armbar by well, tagged to Dunn with an elbow. Armbar now into an armbar standing. Body slam is well done. Uh, elbow misses, arm drag by Morton into a wrist lock on the mat, and then well storms in for no reason. So Gibson just switches places with Morton, which is usually a heel move, right? right. Just switching. Mm -hmm. And then Dutch, see, Bob, you got to denounce moves like that. And Cottle's just like, man, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Like, Cottle's like, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Morton back in now with another switch as the announcers happily bicker, like the good-natured bickering. Yep. Dutch is calling play-by-play -play for the record. I just want to make note of that. You know how I right, mention right. things. It's important. 
Jim Cornette suddenly wanders out to encourage Well Done and scoop Morton's leg, and then Dunn with a series of elbows tagged to Well, double whip, double claws on, cover gets two, chin lock by Well, Dunn comes in, Gibson gets all huffy, so the heels double team, side hook on the map by Dunn, big rights by Dunn, corner whip, charge misses, tagged to Well, quick tag to Gibson. He's a house of rock, baby. Yeah, he's got his eye on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, big rights by Gibson. The crowd vaguely interested in this whole show, honestly. Yeah. Like, they're just like, Anyway, while Morton and Cornette are caught up with Mark Curtis, a heel tennis racket shot backfires, and the Express win. Now, Dunn gets all pissed at Cornette as we throw to Bob, who is with the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky basically says, fuck Jim Cornette, fuck the Heavenly Bodies, but Rock and Roll, we're here to stay. Also, they'll beat the Heavenly Bodies, they stink, whatever. (laughs) All the things. All the tropes. Yeah. And Bob Cottle sends us home, and that's it. But next week, the Thrill Seekers. Neat. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I got to say, Quinn? This was a fine slice of 80s wrestling back in the old territory days, you know? Uh, Oh, wait, it's 94, so. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, But honestly, I had no issue with it. It was legitimately fun. Cornette was great here. So were the promos. Tammy, the dirty white girl, the dirty white boy, Dick. It was all fun. Plus, that fucking Thrill Seekers music video. I'm never going to forget that. It was good stuff overall, Quinn. This was fine. It was very smoky. Uh, (laughs) I kind of wanted more of the Dirty White Boy stuff, as I remember that being like exceptionally good in this company. But we only get a taste of it this week. Otherwise, fun show. Fun show, honestly. Really. Uh, And folks, we hope you thought this was a fun show, as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling. Just a couple of quick reminders here that you can uh, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us, ovppodcast at gmail.com. Join the group if you want to talk about old wrestling. And please, I just ask you if you want to leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, we would appreciate that. And obviously, if you want the extra content, you can get that over on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But other than that, Quinn and I will be back next week to romp you through the world of retro wrestling again and close out August. But until that time, I am Joe Murata. That is Mike Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. I enjoy whipping people. See, I enjoy beating up people thoroughly. And I really enjoy it when you get paid for it. And you see Mama Cornette as really sweetened the pot. See Armstrong, I think little Jimmy boy is getting to her. I think he's starting to sweat. I think he's starting to get nervous. So my ante keeps going up. But I'm gonna tell you something, Jimmy. Don't get nervous, sleep. Because I promised your mother that Armstrong would not ruffle your feathers. You see, when you hire me, it's like hiring a fox guarding a hen house. As long as everybody's watching, that hen house is safe. But as soon as you turn your back, I'm going to get a chicken. Hey, Armstrong, you are the biggest chicken that I know, and I'm going to get a leg of you. I'm going to get a thigh of you. I might even get a little bit of wing. So you see, Armstrong, you're the one that needs to start sweating. You're the one that can't sleep at night. You're the one that's got the illegitimate kid that shot all the Iraqis when they surrendered in the desert storm. You're the one that gave the United States Marine Corps a bad name. You and your kids. You see, Armstrong, if your kid would have joined about six years later than what he did, he would have fit right in to what President Clinton is letting in the military service now. You know what I mean, Armstrong? Your kid would affect the bill. So let me tell you something. Can I insult you anymore? Go home and kiss your fat, ugly, stinking wife. The one with the big, fat lips. You know what I'm talking about, Armstrong? The one that looks like Dusty Rhodes with gray hair. Kiss her. That's how fat she is. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.